Oh, you want me to start? Uh, You're listening to, uh, what's this one? Is this the old one? (laughs) This is The Audit with Dave Anthony and Josh Olsen. I almost said West Wing thing because we were just talking about it. But no, it's not the West Wing thing. That one's uh, kaput. We took the life out of it. Shut it down as if we're studio executives. And we started a new one that's less popular. (laughs) For studio executives, it's called the lever. It's we're on the lever. It's called the audit. Uh, it's this is you're listening to the greatest podcast you'll ever hear. <laughs> <laughs> You see those fools at the back of the class They don't care about grades or if they fail or pass They ain't here to learn, they're just here for laughs They take you home with just a charity laugh If you want blood, you got it You trap a keeper, I'll on it Give me a crap, I'll blot it This ain't a tension, baby, this is the Yeah, I was talking to, uh, I, I don't want to, but uh, a filmmaker who's done uh, some stuff that Dave and I both admire. In fact, I think uh, a film that we both saw together in a theater several years ago. And I'm not deliberately being coy. I just don't want to be a name-dropping asshole. But um, yeah, talking recently, and uh, she has started uh, listening to old West Wing things and really enjoying them. And I was just, it was boggling my mind that I just, I was thinking back, like, we never thought we were going to finish that shit. The, sh- the watching the West Wing thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was really up in the air. Well, I didn't think we'd finish when we started. I didn't think we'd get I halfway we- through. I thought you just get over and, and uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, um, it's still out there, though, folks. If, you're, uh, if you've uh, never listened to it or you're, you're missing it, um, I'll tell you something. There's something about going back to things you love and checking them out again that's always nice. We just finished the entirety of Deadwood. I think it was my fifth time, my wife's second. Um, you know, go back, listen to the West Wing thing. After you're I done. Just finished, I just finished my seventh time through Baywatch. <laughs> I still don't understand the plots. <laughs> it's very confusing. This it's podcast really is layered. brought to you by Baywatch, the award-winning reader-supported investigative news outlet. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, there's a few ways you can do it. You can make them a paid supporter to the lever, which is our home. They're our home sort of networky thing. And, um, uh, if you become a paid supporter, uh, you'll get access to our bonus content, which means you get episodes early. And sometimes we have extra stuff on them. Um, this will give you access to, uh, the lever prom- premium podcast feed as well. Extended interviews, tons of special content. Um, you can also make a one-time contribution that goes directly uh, to, I think, uh, Dave's um, grandmother um, and uh, uh, something like that. I don't know. You can leave a tip at lovernews.com slash audit. You'll see a button for the tip jar. 
We'll take you to the Venmo page, or you can go right to Venmo. We are at the audit at Venmo under businesses. Um, Follow us on Twitter at at the audit podcast and email us, please. We can't wait to hear. Just tell us how you're doing, what you've been thinking about lately, you know, uh, deeply personal questions. If you want to get into an argument with us about something we said on the show, we really, we have, we have so much time on our hands. It's nothing we love better than getting into arguments with people uh, (laughs) via email. Um, cause that's really like, why did you say that thing? And I suspect some of the things we'll say today might cause that kind of reaction. But, uh, anyway, I want to talk this week. There's this thing going on. Is this just, this is the other thing too. Is this just like happening in Twitter or just like happening in the world somehow? This debate thing. I think it's the world, honestly. I mean, it's kind of Twitter cause Twitter's geared to talking about this stuff, but I think that's everywhere. So here's it, here's it didn't thing. start on Twitter. It started uh, off Twitter. It was uh, on Joe Rogan. Thing. Yeah. So Joe, Rog- Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan has this guy, uh, Robert F. Kennedy. The third. Who's out of his fucking mind. Uh, had, had this guy who's running for president, apparently doing very well, which is a testimony to how terrifying things are in the Democratic Party right now. Um, it's also a testimony to how little people to pay attention and just see a name and go, oh, uh, is it really that? Are there real? But who? Who? Mm-hmm. It's all are old people. Is that what's going on? Because young people are like Kennedy. Like what the fuck? I mean, they don't even remember the MTV VJ. Do you think they're? I think there's a lot of people that, a lot of people that have learned to tune out all of election stuff until it's very close. And they don't really watch. There's a whole bunch of people that are also very in tune and like crazy about it. Like it's a sport, but many, many more people don't. And they just see a name and they go, Oh, Kennedy. I like the Kennedy. But I also think you're right in that Joe Biden and the CDC uh, essentially turned their back on COVID reality which is like it can spread after five days. You need to wear a mask, but all the stuff, the just basic stuff, clean the air. Um, all the stuff scientists are saying, and they left a public health void. And that void will always be filled by the loudest, dumbest conspiracy guys. That's how it works. So when the government's not there, when the government is absent, that void will be filled. And that void has been filled by people like RFK, who has a long, long history of, saying the most jackassy crazy what hiv isn't real shit like that like the guy well, is yeah he goes back <clears throat> he was an original it's so funny i mean this is the terrifying thing that you knew was coming uh he's a he's an og anti-vaxxer he's one of those people who along with uh uh what's her name? jenny mccarthy um who oprah oprah gave an enormous platform to um yeah. were what was this like early audies i feel like it's been it's been a while where um I think Pushing it was the notion, that, honestly. You think what? I think it was like late nineties, right? Is it? Was it early? Could be, it's like time. It's, it's a while. It's, it's no, it's been been her, her kid, her kid was in a autism school with my friend's kid, and that's how I, I learned that her kid wasn't actually on the spectrum anymore. Right. Yeah, that, that, that it reached full force of that. Because I remember doing, we did something here. My wife and I were talking about it the other night. And, and uh, I don't know if you, were, you guys were, were coming and 
Patton and his kid, who at that time was very young, were going to come. They're all about the same age. And I remember getting this email from from Patton, and it was, it was very like, um, "Look, I don't want to seem weird, but I just want to. If there, I know there's other kids there, like, are people taking their their vaccines?" And you're like, "Yeah, don't worry, we're not that." But in LA, that was a common thing that would happen. It's like, "Hey, we're doing a thing with some parents and some kids. Come on over." And you'd have to be like, uh, because this shit took off big time. It took off big time in like West LA too. And like, like Brentwood. And it was um, mainly three doctors who were doing it. So all these people are going to three doctors. I mean, it was a cash cow for these guys. Uh, and it was mostly West side. It was Santa Monica, some Brentwood. Like yeah. it was the really rich white communities that were not vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah, I should know better. And they, they were convinced off of this. It was a, an article that had been retracted by, retracted by The Lancet, which is a genuine medical journal, mm-hmm. uh, which is wacko. It suggested that vaccines cause autism. And, of course, they don't. And and that, that was it. And now this guy comes back, and he has not retracted any of that. And you knew he'd be, like, crazy on COVID, and he is. And so he's taken off. Joe Rogan has him on the show. Joe, uh, one of our keenest intellects. Uh, mm-hmm. When you say Joe, I mean, you're Joe, Dave, you know, you know the guy. I mean, one of the, uh, it takes a lot to convince him. <laughs> Joe Rogan is one of the few people I haven't met in comedy. Oh, really? And had okay. a conversation with. I've always, when I've seen him, I've always avoided him since day one. I didn't like his energy in New York and I have never liked it. Um, before he was an, you know, a big star, I did not like his energy. So, um, I was just one of those guys I avoided. Uh, and I would see him Can at I the just, comedy store when I went there and I would avoid him. So I've never talked buff, to him. Buff comedians disturb me so yep, deep. hundred percent. It's always, it's always bothered me. The big buff guys, man. I'm just like, Nope, nah, <laughs> I'm going to go talk to the weirdos. <laughs> could you imagine, could you imagine like if, if, if Woody Allen were popping now rather than in like, you know, 1960, yeah. if you would have to be. I just, yeah, it's uh George it's Carlin really had to work out to get to do a set on the tonight show. Uh, uh, yeah, That's uh, tasty, scrawny Lenny Bruce puffing up 20 packs a day, having to Dan Cook open the door, man. Terrifying, yeah, it's bad, it's bad, but anyway, um, yeah, so so we had RFK on, and RFK managed to uh turn, turn Joe around on the whole thing, and um, and and talking and the things he said are absolute and total nonsense, yeah, he's not a scientist, folks. This is the thing, no. And his numbers aren't right. Like, even if you're not a scientist and you want to use numbers and stuff and you throw them out, have them be correct instead of just easily verifiably false. Right. Like, even when he's talking about Ukraine, those numbers were all just garbage. Like, everything he – he just says stuff. He's just a say-stuff guy. (laughs) And how did – so this Peter Hodes guy, who is a doctor – how did did, he enters into it somehow? Does he just call out Rogan for putting this guy on and – Yeah. He – I think he basically said – Look, you know, if you, you want to have me on to talk about this, you know, we can talk about it, but this is like not correct. And then Rogan called him out. So we'll have you on, you know, you can come on and debate him. Debate. Yeah. And a lot of people, boy, yeah, Rogan offered boy, 100K. That opened. Yeah. That he opened he offered 100,000 to charity and other people have chimed in to get this guy to come on and debate this, this wacko. And there are a lot of people in in the leftist sphere uh, who are going, yeah, you should you should do that. And it's frustrating and it's depressing. And I've been kind of watching it unfold for the last few days. And then something happened the other day that made me think about this in a slightly different light. 
Dave's looking horrified. I'm not changing my position on it, but but where some of these folks are coming from. Um, and, you know, I just, I posted something on Twitter and a, a guy, a guy we know and respect kind of posted back. And, and I was just saying, look, we, we've been down this road. This is how we got here yeah. is by demanding. I mean, this happened, especially under, under Reagan, where the press had been so beaten down and terrorized with accusations yeah. of being fully liberal and stacked against conservatives that they started bending over backwards to, to eradicate that impression. So what would happen is they would do a news story. Climate change, I think is the one where we paid the highest price. They would do a story on climate change or what are they, you know, global warming, they called it back then, or even just the environment. And then somehow it got to the point where they were like, so we've got this scientist here who's telling us what's going on with the planet and what we need to do to save it. And you're like, okay, that's a good news segment. And they'd be like, and now here's a complete fucking lunatic who works for oil companies to point at the, the, the opposing opinion, which doesn't yeah. actually exist in science uh, right. to any measurable degree. There's always one or two people who are out there going, the earth is flat. And you put those people on the air and the argument was, well, they'll be demolished in debate. Let their ideas air. And what happened they is sure, they, they, they would come on and yeah, they get sort of demolished, but they get demolished by, you know, I'd sit there and be like, yeah, you showed them. But some clown who had never thought about this issue at all is watching it and they're like, I like the cut of his jib. That scientist is just being an asshole. And, yes. and now you've got, now you've got a believer and that's what fucking yeah. happens. And it's this, um, and that helped bring us to where we are. And then around the same time, of course, the, uh, the, whatchamacallit, the, uh, the fairness doctrine, Reagan eradicates that, which. Right. No, so that freed uh, up. Clinton eradicated that, didn't he? 87. Okay. So Clinton, then Clinton got rid of the rest of the. Yeah. Clinton, you know, and, how, um, how many, how many stations you could own in one city and all that shit. Yes, exactly. So what happened is then you get all these people like Rush Limbaugh who are suddenly free to cut loose without having to present opposing views. And whereas the quote unquote liberal media was just terrified of appearing to be, you know, something it wasn't and was constantly trying to compensate right wing media was very happy not to have, you know, opposing voices on. And when they did, it would every now and then be, um, Oh my God, who is the guy Sean Hannity had that the one who died is Han Han Colmes. Han Hannity Colmes. and Colmes, yeah, Colmes who, uh, I'm sorry if you're related to the late, Combs, just skip 30 seconds here. Um, you know, say what you will about Sean Hannity. Not a, he's, he's like, he looks like a cartoon of like a frat boy. But Alan yeah. Combs was a zero charisma having dude who looked like, I don't know, did he have elephantiasis or something? Like, you should not point a camera at this gentleman. No. I have no idea if his politics were any good. They didn't seem to be like, why would you be doing this show? But his entire job was just to be like, uh, get, a, get the shit kicked out of him every week by this fucking clod. And yeah. so you had the liberal media bending over backwards to give all these people voices and the conservative media going, ha ha, fuck you. We're not going to do that. We're just going to pretend to do it. And all these terrible ideas came out. And then you had all these shows. What was the one? Uh, Crossfire, right? Was that the one that Jon Stewart killed? Yes. Which yeah, that was a, that was a yeah, that was a debate show. Essentially, it was a debate. Yeah, it was a debate show. show every week. I'm on the right, and I'm on the left, and it was uh, Tucker Carlson and who was the other uh, clown? It was um, I don't remember it. the Novak. Remember. It was Novak and Carlson. No, no, no. no. He was a conservative. Along, right? uh, it was uh, oh Buchanan. Uh, it was Buchanan for a while. Novak was in there. Um, Paul Begala. 
Oh, Paul Begala yeah. and Tucker Carlson, and they would debate. Clinton guy. And nobody would ever change their mind about anything. And it was it was a fucking show. And you go, oh, I heard the right point of view. I heard the left point of view. And it did nothing. And, yeah. you know, a lot of issues with Jon Stewart. But again, Google that video. It's kind of great. He goes on the air and he just fucking demolishes them to the extent that they ended up ditching the show because he made them look so bad and, and called out what yeah. a pile of horseshit it was. And I thought we got it, Dave. I thought we understood that. And I have been watching the last few years as this kind of leftist spear, whatever, you know, the rising and, and the rising um, and, and breaking points and all this. And it's like, you know, they're this left alternative media with some pretty good people, but they're doing the same thing. And now here for the left is so-and-so and here for the right is so-and-so. And I thought we understood that that was a failure. And I made a comment about this on Twitter and a guy who's, I would argue much smarter, much better at talking politics than I am, but also much younger wrote back like, what the fuck are you talking about? That never happened. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. People don't know. They don't know. They don't know what it was like. They didn't, this happened. They didn't live through it the way we did and watch it. Not, not just take form but become uh, the winning way to do things. Watch it start not very well, chug along, and then become the thundering hammer that it became. You're not going to beat the nonsense. It's also, it's also a part of fascism. Fascism is the ideology of stupid. It is, it is a dumb, angry ideology. And when you try to argue against it, you can't win because it just shifts and moves and yep. is slimy and, and it, and it, and it's constantly shifting. So you try to make a point and I, and I've watched tons of scientists say this and I watched this and let me just say this. I watched what happened with COVID. I, cause I'd seen it before it happened with climate change. I watched the exact same stuff because I'm, I'm hyper aware of all the shit. I'm very always following the climate change stuff. I am always following all science stuff. It happened with climate change. And when I say exact same, I mean, when the Koch brothers decided to turn against public health on COVID, they put their money in and the exact same thing happened as it did in 2007 with climate change when they put their money in. They put the same machine to work and the exact same thing happened. So when I'm saying the same thing happened, I'm saying literally the same people threw their money in and did the same thing. And you can't, there's no debating it. We watched those debates. We watch like John Stewart's a great example. John Stewart would go on and debate and win. Like he was very good at debating. Yeah. And then nothing would change. Because he's Nothing's a comedian. Going to he's change. a performer. Well, the other thing, though, is, is And scientists that. can't do it. They're yes, not. It's not it's their the forte. Thing. They, they not- are fucking oddballs and weirdos. They have never been able to. There's a couple guys out there that can that can uh, that can talk and and do stuff. Michael Mann, who was who was a total douchebag. Like, unfortunately, that voice is a, a cranky asshole. Like he, he's out there having arguments about don't don't say alarmist, say alarming. And everyone's like, okay, fucking weirdo, not helpful. So you have people like that, but he's like one of the, the voices. Um, there's the guy, who's the fucking weird guy with the, 
the glasses that I can't remember. So there's like a couple of scientific science uh, guys out there doing shit. Sorry, the but weird scientist no, like, with the glasses, Dave. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Oh, Bill Nye. So sure, there's all. Yeah. So there's all these guys out there doing it, but there's no fucking guy who's really good at debating. A guy like RFK Jr. used to be on the radio ages ago doing that Ring and Fire fucking show. He's been talking forever. Now, he sounds like he's gargling frogs in semen, but he's, he can still talk and put his points together. And Joe Rogan's been doing This is what Joe Rogan does for a living. This is what I do for a living. I talk. That's not what scientists do. They're in looking at fucking beakers and shit. That's what they do. And right. then they so write what happens a report. is you end up needing to be a performer where it's all about yes. charisma and your ability to convince with the force of your personality and, and your wit and, and all the rest of that. And that's not, and I've seen people now, including the person I was talking about earlier who did not know what I was talking about, suggest, well, they should learn how to do it. It's unfortunate, but they should <laughs> learn how to do it. It's like, holy fuck. Yeah, let's take time <sighs> off from like being, I don't know, scientists, which by the way, is a real job and an important job. I would say a more important job than anything any of us are doing but yeah let's take time out of doing that and and oh fucking so hell. so let me let and me also what? just say take this classes but, but let's say let's do? say this let's say this but a comedy these people college? making these people making these points yeah these people talking about all this stuff have already been misinformed about covid and they don't know what the fuck is going on with covid they're sitting here saying we need to have informed people talking while they have sucked up the bullshit in spoonfuls and they're acting like everything's fine and we can go back about our lives. You're insane. That's like saying climate change is over. Let's go. It's crazy. So, so the scientists are all these scientists I read are just like, I give up like all the, all the science. And yet here you are making the point we need to debate when you don't even know what in the fuck is going on with the biggest event of our lives. You still don't have the truth. Because it's so full of misinformation because there's levels of misinformation, right? There's, there's the RFK level of misinformation. There's the Joe Biden level of misinformation. There's the, the Walensky from the CDC who was brought in to push misinformation. There's Leanna Wen's version of misinformation. There's Emily Oster's. So there's all these different levels of misinformation. And down at the bottom, there's all these scientists who study virology going, what the fuck is everybody doing? What the fuck is everybody doing? And so, so to think that you can debate through that absolute morass of just hellish bullshit, like good fucking luck to you. Like I've, I've essentially stopped talking about it except to my friends who I go like, don't do this, do this. Like, this is what's going on. Uh, but I'm not going to talk to anybody else. So I don't fucking fuck everybody at this point. Like I'm just exhausted. I, I, I put up that, that, uh, gif of, uh, uh, invasion of the body snatchers when he points and screams. Cause that's what it's like wearing a mask now because everyone's out of their fucking minds. Uh, you know, we're just going to kill people in hospitals. I have two doctor friends who are like, yeah, we stopped wearing masks. They work with cancer patients. Like you just like the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, I mean, what's frustrating is the, the way to debate this stuff, the forum for this, is for scientists to debate, and you do it via back and forth in, in, in yes. written essays. That's how you fucking do That's it. Correct. It's not entertaining. It doesn't fill three hours of Joe correct. Rogan and his sponsor's airtime, and it really is not fun to read generally. But the point is, and this is the real problem or underneath it all – in those scenarios, what should happen, the way the system was built to work is then the press 
would follow that stuff, they would understand that there is a, you know, 98% agreement in, in, in this world on a subject. And they would have scientists come on to talk about that and not have to counter them with fucking whack jobs. But because the press fell down on the job and also in the process just eradicated any integrity. Most people don't trust the press anymore for a good fucking reason. We don't have that anymore. So there's this big goddamn vacuum yeah. of like what's supposed to happen in these scenarios. So you do, you li- actually live in a world where a fucking medical doctor who studies this subject is being stalked in his own home. Apparently that was crazy. Uh, and it, 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 it being plausibly challenged to debate a fucking moron right publicly and saying who's only got skills presentational skills and doesn't know what the hell he's talking about and people are yeah that should happen that would be reasonable i look as i said i read a lot of i know a lot about it i can't talk to people like jimmy Dore about it because the falsehoods that come out of them i stare at them and i'm like it's so dumb. I don't know where to begin. Someone looks at you and goes, masks don't work. I don't know what to say to you at that point. Cause it's like saying air's not breathable. You're a fucking moron. Like I genuinely don't know how you got to this point that you have been so misinformed about such a basic thing that is you're talking like you don't understand germ theory from the 1800s. It's this is very basic shit and they just say stuff and they're convinced they're right. And if you, if you challenge them on it, they just start spouting all this crap and you're like, I don't know what to say to any of this right now. So I don't know how a scientist can do that. Cause remember a scientist is already talking on a, on a level way the fuck above you. They have to dumb it down to such a level just to start having a conversation with you that it is difficult so, uh, with this COVID shit. I, I like, I wonder about like how people like Carl Sagan and, uh, and other people like that, they must've looked at us like ants. Like we were the <laughs> dumbest, stupidest fucking ants and trying to explain shit. Because the level of stupid is astounding and the confident level of stupid, the, the, the people who think they fucking know shit and actually are completely unread or completely misinformed is stunning. And I can guarantee you also at this exact point, someone is listening going, man, this guy's totally off his fucking rocker. Absolutely. No, absolutely. We'll we'll get, of course you do. There's a million, there's a million truths to that. There's a million truths. And just like with this, you know, Hotits would go in and say something and they'd be like, well, here's the elite, elite guy trying to, uh, he's trying to back up big pharma. And it's like, he fucking made a vaccine and gave it away for free to undermine big pharma. You fucking animals. He is everything you should believe in. He's the fucking guy. And they're just like, yeah, big pharma. Like, it's just crazy to listen to. It's yeah. It's, I think it's those, it's the, it's the, it's annoying whoever it is, but my favorite thing is when it's like some dude with 12 followers and uh complete anonymous and no, no real name at all. No attempt at a real name. Is yeah. Like, yeah. You can't. Oh, yeah, you don't know oh, yeah, well, yeah. Tell me five things. Jimmy Dore's wrong about I'm like, Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Holy shit. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Yeah. I got a kid. I got a career. I'm on strike right now. I'm marching. I'm doing a couple podcasts, but you know what? I am going to stop 
And I am going to present you, sir, with written information on Twitter as to five things Jimmy Dore got uh, wrong, because I know for a fact that there's a good shot that in convincing you of this, which you seem like an open-minded person, Mm -hmm. uh, I will also um, eradicate the influence of dipshits like Jimmy Dore. Oh, my fucking God. Well, I think you saw when I did that, and it had absolutely no effect. Right, yeah, I went through every single one. Of, of I broke down every single one of Jimmy Dore's points. He put up this thing. I'm right. We're right about these things, and then he put them all down. And I slowly broke them down about why he was wrong, and how it's essentially a black and white heat world he's living in. And there are yeah. and a great example is like, hey, well, Dave, vaccines don't Dave, stop vaccines transmission. Don't absolutely cure transmission. They don't stop. Well, transmission they don't 100%. stop transmission. So okay, on. so between a hundred and zero, what exists? <laughs> are there numbers in there? There are numbers no, in there. So a vaccine make, may reduce transmission by 40% or 50%. So therefore, it is actually helping to stop the spread by eliminating 40% of people who could be transmitting it. That's the kind of shit yeah. that when you try to argue with an RFK Jr., a a Joe Rogan, they're going to stand and they're going to sit there and look at you like apes. They're yeah. literally not... You're trying to explain basic math to them, and they're not going to get it. They're just going to sit there and go, no, it doesn't work. That's the level of shit you're dealing with, and that's why scientists can't do it. Because a scientist's brain is automatically like, what are you talking about? Of course it stops transmission. And they go, no, people are getting it. And you go, 40%. They go, 40% of what? Okay, pharma guy. And you're like, what the fuck just what just happened? I, I understand numbers. What's going on? I mean, it's it's just that over and over and over again. It's the same thing with masks. Masks don't stop it because it's too small. You're right. You're right. The virus as a form, it's too small, but it doesn't float in the air on it, on its own. It, it attaches itself to dust and shit. You fucking idiots. So, yeah, I mean, I can't like my brain, like my brain breaks every time. I, I cannot believe how stupid how stupid it is and how the level, the number of people. But yeah, and there's also like jumped on better because it's people who, for God's sake, you know, we, we spent, we spent, if I did nickel for every hour, we spent mocking this notion on the West Wing thing. Cause that was, that was Sorkin's whole big thing. It was the great line. I'll play the clip here, but you know, let that be our legacy. We're going to, we're going to raise the level of debate in this country. And it was just this clown car mentality that, yeah, debate is how you're going to like, first of all, what happens if this guy goes on Rogan and debates RFK? What's going to change? You know, well, Except so, so that, I, be, brought the, I brought that I brought that up to I brought up to this guy and a couple other people. And they were like, well, it might change some of the audience's minds. Yes, it, it no, no, it will on both sides. <laughs> That's the thing they don't get. Oh, and and I think, you know, and we all, a lot of these are people who rightly, you know, it, it would make me crazy. Like during, during the presidential debates, um, you know, 2016 was sort of a, a record, a banner year for this where, um, cause you know, say, say what you will about Hillary Clinton. She is a very well educated. Uh, she's very smart. She knows her subjects. Um, I mean, the one she has studied, I don't mean her, well, her subjects. <laughs> <laughs> you know um but uh and and we'd watch the debates with her and donald trump and donald trump is um he's skilled at something she doesn't play the media but he's he's dumb as a fucking stump i mean that's just a reality yeah and you would watch this thing and you would watch this woman 
demolish him by all rules of debate that you would learn, say, at Oxford. And guess what? It didn't fucking matter because he won, you know, he won a debate by lurking around behind her and looking like fucking lurch. Yeah. Like that's, that's, you know, people liked that. They weren't listening to what she said. They weren't going, oh my gosh, she's got a point there. Oh, she's trapped him in a rhetorical corner and there's no escape for him because he doesn't have enough. Blah, blah, blah. It, it's just, it's just like they can And all the people we're talking about were watching pointing. that going. Yeah. And all these people were talking about who were watching it were like, they were watching that too and going, hey, dummies, she didn't win that debate. And that's not, debates don't fucking matter. They're twaddle. And now some of those same people are like, yeah, we have to have this debate. I'm like, what has happened? I watched, I watched, you and I both watched George W. Bush. Yeah. Not very bright. Clean Al Gore's clock in two Mm -hmm. out of three debates. Clean Mm -hmm. his fucking clock. Al Gore is much smarter than, than, uh, yeah. Than George W. Bush cleaned his fucking clock. We've seen it. We've seen it a million times. And I brought this up to uh, another guy who was arguing this. I brought up. Phyllis Schlafly Mm -hmm. and his response. I said, one of the reasons we don't have an ERA, one of the main reasons is debating because, and Phyllis Schlafly is one of the first ones to do this. She would go out, say some of the dumbest shit you have ever fucking heard in your entire life about women. And it's, it's freedom to be able to cook like shit like that. (laughs) And feminist brains would break and they would be condescending because it was so stupid. And mean to her because she's a fucking idiot. And then they yeah. would lose the debate. And the woman saying the craziest shit ever would win the debate. Yeah. And people will watch it and go, why is that feminist being so mean to that lady? And they would side with the woman who was like, let's just all bake pies. Right, let's and be then clear. They would win. I don't know that either of us could resist the urge to talk to her like she's a fucking idiot either. That's the amazing. That's the great I thing about this tactic. I can't you, at all. I can't. I will always no. tell them they're fucking stupid, whether it's on Twitter yeah. or to their fucking face. Yes. I don't care. You're an idiot. You shouldn't be in the same space as me talking to me. Yeah. And that's a lo- that's a losing way to do it. They actually put out pamphlets on how to debate the anti-ERA people, because they were losing so many fucking debates against imbeciles, backwards, right-wing, these crazy church-going imbeciles. They were losing debate after debate. And I put I put that up. I said that on Twitter. And the guy who was debating me, who was written articles and stuff, said he just posted a link to why the ERA failed from history.org. Mm. What, what do you want me to do with that? You're talking to someone much older than you, who has a history podcast, who has read extensively about this shit. You just threw a history.org argument at me when I know for a fact, what in the fuck happened back then? I know why the ERA didn't make it. You're, you're fucking wrong. A big, big part of it was losing debates to idiots, to fucking idiots. They love debating. They love it. Because you're going to yeah. get mad at them and call them dumb, or they're going to s- keep switching what the facts are, and you're going to be like, I mean, look, how can they also not remember Joe Biden and Bernie's debate? Joe Biden, I've never seen in my life a debater lie more than Joe Biden did in that last mm-hmm. debate against Bernie Sanders. Never in my life have I seen any debater lie that much. There you go. How'd that work out? Yeah, It's not a thing. It's not a thing. 
It's there's bad. No, there's and I, no, I would again the 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 back and the written back and forth between actual professionals in the field is one thing, and then if you got to do it, you know, it, it, we stumbled onto a format where I, I would argue this is a vastly superior thing. We've got, um, you know, two people. I represent the far left, and Dave represents the farther left, and there are people farther to the left of both of us, I suppose. But <laughs> you know, that's, there there, there's 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 an inch of daylight between us. Dave's crazy fucking wrong about a couple of things. Um. But what we do is we dismantle stuff. We take it apart and we do critiques of it and we bring experts on to do critiques of it. And I'm, I'm happy to say as dumb as a stump as he is, Dennis Prager has got what 40 years in broadcasting and he's obviously very good at it, which does not mean he's right about anything. Does not mean he's a good person. Does not make you smart. You couldn't pay me to go onto a stage with him and fucking debate him. Maybe Dave, Dave's a great comedian. He's fast, but there's still shit that Prager understands about an audience that it's, it's, and I, and I would argue the difference being that uh, your comedy, Dave is based to a certain extent on finding people's uh, common understandings of, of, of opening up doors where they feel okay to be, intelligent where it's okay to like know things where it's okay to, you know, you don't, you don't play to the worst elements of your crowd. You're not, no. you don't go up on stage and try to drum people into a, into a rage of hatred against people beneath them. Right. And that's what Prager does. And, and he plays to that audience and I'd, I'd be slaughtered in 30 seconds and Dave would be slaughtered in five minutes. And, and that's that, but he's a fucking moron. His shit's dangerous. Yeah. And the way, the dumb. way you deal with it, if at all, is, is you do what we're doing. You break it down. You bring people in who are experts on a particular subject and you have them break it down, you know? And if they get pissed, we know they're out there now. We know they're listening. They're never going to do this. But if they get pissed off and go, like, let us debate you, or like, go fuck yourself. Um, no, no interest. There's, all, there's also something to be said about journalists on the left who have been, uh, and I'm just talking about, I'm not even talking about, like, the liberal media. Journalists on the left have failed in a horribly, miserably way yeah. on COVID. We have been set back with public health, with everything. The left has been completely defeated for generations to come. It is, and it's an astounding defeat of the left in America. They, and nobody even realizes the boot that has now been put on everybody's fucking neck. And the liberal media fucking sat around and tittered about kids in school and shit as opposed to what was actually fucking happening, which is a vice grip of the right. And it's, and it, so they failed. So watching guys on the left who are writers who should be at that moment, writing a fucking long ass article about why RFK jr is out of his mind and insane about all this shit are instead going, you should debate to a fucking scientist. Yeah. To a fucking scientist. Come on, man. Do your fucking job. Yep. Yeah, there's a... Hang on, let me find it. I'll cut this part out. Um, yeah, by the way, um, if you're interested, uh, the great Naomi Klein, who has been on our show now, I'm very proud to say, uh, wrote a piece in The Guardian um, a little while ago. That piece was great. Ago, uh, on Robert Kennedy. It's worth looking up. It's called Beware. We Ignore Robert Kennedy uh, Jr.'s Candidacy at Our Peril. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, he is, he is, he is the, he is the Democrats Trump. I don't think he'll get mm-hmm. the same traction that Trump did, but he'll get enough. 
Biden already couldn't stand to lose 1% of the vote. But he is, and, and when I say that, I mean, literally, he's going and doing uh, an event with the mo- Mothers of Liberty who are fascist terrorists fucking with teachers and students, threatening them. They are fucking the fascist nightmare that you don't want. He is doing an event with them. He is the fucking Democratic Trump. He is a nightmare. Horrible. And don't get well, caught up in right-wing populism, you dumbasses. Anyway, if you want a great example, actually, I think this week's a, this is a great example. It's a pretty ridiculous example. We've, uh, uh, I think, Naomi Klein, um, Professor Richard Wolf, we've uh, Danny Bestner coming on and kind of dismantling these things from positions of great expertise. Um, I can't pretend that this week is going <laughs> to, this week is going to make you cringe folks. Cause we've got our good friends, uh, Catherine Kruger of discourse blog and Will Medicker of Champo tramp house. Um, uh, we basically uh, did that thing where we tied him to a chair and forced him to watch some Prager videos. And I'll just spoil it a little bit. Cause um, you might want to shower either before or after this one, because we do a whole bunch of listening to Dennis Prager talking about men and sex. And um, so (laughs) can I, can I also say something? Because we've talked about how to counter this, but on like things like TikTok and like the Twitch kind of videos where someone stops a video and talks in the corner and you can put it up on that model of, of responding to a video. Everyone Mm -hmm. needs to be doing that with Prager U videos. You need to be getting facts stopping the video, explaining why they're wrong and just throwing it up online and hoping that they get traction. Cause that's how we're going to, if, if every, for every Prager video that someone wants to click on, there's another video explaining why this guy or, or this woman is out of their fucking minds. Yeah. Then it, it just totally undermines what they're doing. If we can saturate the internet with that shit, it's the only way to combat this really, you know, it's true. And we're actually working on a special one of those. Um, that'll be out shortly, I hope. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this one, this one is <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, it had to be done, right? We had to, Dennis Prager is a man who spends by his own admission, uh, one, one, an extraordinary amount of time, uh, reigning in his, um, sexual urges. Uh, and he's going to talk a lot about that. And, um, oh, it was a hard time gonna, doing it. Like it I, well, yeah, like he has a legitimate struggle. Like it's a it's a daily <laughs> struggle for him, not to be grabbing women's breasts or walking by him on the sidewalk or just getting his face down and trying to put his mouth in their ass. Like he's really fucked up. <laughs> this this like- this video that we're going to break up with them. The first one is such an amazing cell phone. It's insane. It's, it's incredible. Deep and honest dive into what's wrong with this guy on a fundamental level. I can't imagine any woman would feel safe working around him. But uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, so enjoy this episode of uh, the audit and our look at Dennis Prager's sexual desires. What are you doing? Stop it. We're not those people. <laughs> hey there, it's David Sirota, host of Lever Time, the flagship podcast from the award-winning investigative news outlet, The Lever. In politics, there's a complex web of money, influence, and greed that corrupts our democracy. Levertime is an unflinching examination of the latest news, events, and issues that often go unrecognized and unreported by corporate media. We interview a variety of guests and experts across media and politics, and we hold the powerful accountable. 
Some recent interviews include Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, comedian David Cross, progressive leader Nina Turner, and artificial intelligence expert Dr. Max Tegmark. So if you're looking for a true independent voice in political media, check out Levertime. Go to levertimepod.com or search Levertime on your podcast player to subscribe. If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. There's one that popped up close to the last minute where I was like, oh my God, that is so up Will's alley. Um, So you guys pick. Do you want to do... The will one first, I mean, we'll all chime in, but this is going to be, or then there's one on, um, on, uh, fucking. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's, oh. let's, let's, I let's like start fucking. with the fucking, like I always start say. The fucking, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's good. We have two people here who are fucking each other. Oh, as that's far a big as we know, kid. they're millennials, Dave. And my my sense is that uh, the kids the kids don't like uh, the sex as much as that's uh, what I'm reading. I'm reading. You guys no comments. Do you go to movies? Do you guys go to movies? <laughs> Have you seen? I this, just uh, I just I hate all the explicit sex scenes in movies. The Babylon. Have you seen yeah. the Babylon? Yes, uh, we've seen the Babylon. Three hours of that thing, and I'm like, did you guys notice that none of the main characters actually uh, gets it on? It's like all the the sex is like <laughs> wallpaper. No one's actually fucking in that movie. Yeah, I thought there should be way more sex and drugs in that movie. Actually, yeah, Undersold. it's all the extras. It opens up. There's Fatty Arbuckle peeing on someone. I'm like, all right, here we go. But it's <laughs> never the main characters. They all do it off screen. They're chased. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You know, Catherine I and I know. just started anyway. watching that that Perry Mason HBO show uh, the other night. Ooh, I like that show. Uh, the first season of it, I and uh, that that the first scene of that movie also has Fatty Arbuckle in a state of yeah. uh, Congress with uh, with a woman. <laughs> it's pretty great. That's a great scene. I really yeah. Enjoy he's, it. He's, he's, Fatty, he's Fatty's getting more action than he has in decades. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys know that he was innocent, right? Yeah, oh and, yeah. Harry like, yeah. Mason makes that makes that clear. Or I mean, it's like a fatty. Oh, cool. Okay, I'm not seeing her. This is the second but it's season. The studio. Yeah, I know. We we just watched. We just started the first season because I know the second oh, season is happening now. And I'm like, yeah, hey, this, this is Perry Mason oh, wow, okay. show. Check that out. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, so we're just going to throw these kids into the deep end. Um, this is uh, the, the big dog himself, Dennis Prager. Uh, giving a talk. I've edited some stuff out, but not not for effect. Um, just when he goes well, off. Topic. Uh, first of all, just this th- is- thanks for including me on this because uh, Dennis Prager oh is God, yeah. absolutely one of the ugliest human beings uh, who's ever existed, <laughs> both in terms of how he looks, the things he says, just a loathsome person. I describe him as as if somebody put a bomb in a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Here is Dennis Prager. Uh, uh, the sexiest man alive on uh, the subject of sex and human nature. This is one of his fireside chats. Oh, God. I can't, I can't imagine watching this anything other than cold. But here's the point. This is not for little kids, whereas almost every other uh, of the fireside chats, I don't care no if groom your seven-year-old watches <laughs> this. In fact, I hope your seven-year-old does. But uh, this one is on on sexual matters. Uh, 
It is about male oh, sexuality, God. as you will this hear like, in a moment. Uh, like and FDR's so fireside chats, except uh, he's not as good a dancer as uh, Franklin was. That's right. That's right. And every now and then, I don't think it happens this week, but the dog wakes up and looks around every now and then. That's all Oh, God, funny. I didn't even notice a dog there. Jesus Christ. You know... If it's a fireside chat, you're supposed to seem relaxed, but look, look how uncomfortable he is. <laughs> he's like got his hand over, he's like sitting super weird. Like it's just, he's, he's got gonna a wire talk about up fucking. his back. He's got a wire up his back, holding him up in the chair. He still, he still has the clothes hanger on the jacket he put on. <laughs> uh, I wish, I wish he would. Have a thirteen-year-old? Would it be good? You have to decide. Maybe watch it first, and then you will decide. I certainly think, generally speaking, given the world in which we live, teenagers should hear about this. Uh, certainly by fifteen, uh, you, one should not hide uh, <laughs> the subject I'm about to speak about from uh, from a teenager. Once you've reached full womanhood. <laughs> Once you're, ready to get so married amazing. Once you're ready to get married to Dennis Prager and the rest of uh, his, uh, most of the, the guys at the Daily Wire at 15, then you're uh, old enough to uh, right. supersede the parental advisory for this discussion about male sexual nature. <laughs> it would, do, do you guys remember the amazing. piece he wrote? Do you guys remember the piece no, he, he wrote. wrote in like 2008 about how? Uh, wives should just give into their husband's sexual desires, yeah. no matter how yeah, no, we, we, disinterested we, we, they we, are. We covered it on the show. It was oh, a two-part article. Yeah, we, it, was, yes. it was a two-part article for like townhall.com or something in which yeah. uh, Dennis shares his thoughts on what to do when the wife isn't in the mood. And this is sort of like yeah. advice for husbands <laughs> and wives. And uh, his advice for wives are just sort of um, just uh, just let this over. Just lay there and take it. Yeah, Think of France. The best, the best thing about it is he says he compares it to a job. He says, you know, if your husband just didn't want to, if, if your husband didn't go to work every day, he didn't want to work. How would you? How would you survive? How would you make ends meet? Um, just a little bit of background I'm, information. I'm, I'm, Dennis Prager has been married three times. I'm uh, since this is about male sexuality. I'm really hoping it's about 15 minutes on how to prep for anal no, no this. <laughs> uh, I knew this very early in my life what I'm about to tell you and uh, for a whole host of reasons but uh, anyway I'll read you the question I was molested you know. it's because I was molested this is from Danny yeah. who's 18 perfect <laughs> Sydney Australia <laughs> oh god oh god <laughs> 18, perfect, nubile, perfect. young, dumb, and full of cum. How fucking pathetic do you have to be to be an 18-year-old in Sydney, Australia, and to write to Dennis Prager <laughs> for sex, sex shit? <laughs> yeah, I, I call, there's no, he's not real. In Sydney? Good day, Dennis. Very cute. Very good eye, actually, good eye. Yeah, it's not, yeah. Oh, he's doing a little, little, little vocal work here, a little character work. What are you doing? The fireside chat on male nature you mentioned a while ago. It would be very interesting to hear your thoughts on it. I don't believe I would have had to have told this. Excuse me. I don't think that I would have had to have told this Get to my grandmother. Sweaty. I think my grandmother, and I, I mean this literally. I don't talk in hyperbole. She was a real I believe my grandmother, both my grandmothers, neither of whom went 
Well, I guess my one grandmother did go to high school. Neither went to college. One grandmother never went to moving, high school. Dennis. Move it along, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Jesus Christ! This is okay. Like, this is this is like this whole this whole chat is like he recites this chat in his head about his grandmother's when he's trying to delay orgasm with one of his like wives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's fascinating to me is he's he's so. He wants you to know that he's cool about sex. It's no, it's no big deal to him. He's going to spend twenty minutes beating around the bush until he gets to the actual <laughs> subject. He's listening Backing into it. Just, oh yeah, he's so afraid but to go. I there. would it's never hilarious. have had to have given this talk to my grandparents or their parents, and I'm talking grandmothers, let alone grandfathers. Why would you give a sex talk to your grandmother? <laughs> it's actually fun. You should try it. Why would that be? In other words, I believe. I am I am close to certain that my grandmother understood male sexual nature oh my better God. than the average female. Ah! Holy shit! It's a PhD in sociology <laughs> or English. Shut or the fuck up! Shut the okay. fuck up! Okay, okay. Let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Dennis. Grandma, that grandma <laughs> pussy go crazy. <laughs> let me tell you something about Dennis's grandmother. Both of them actually. <laughs> Dennis's grandmother. I, I fucked her. They were. They were absolute dishes, and they understood male sexuality way more than any of these sociological gender studies type. They, see, the Prager grandmothers, they had a way of, uh, way of milking a man out of all the sorrow <laughs> and pain in his life. Women's studies or gender studies uh, or, or a whole host of other things. It, it, and it's an amazing thing. In other words, you were actually taught to be ignorant uh, at college uh, on many, many subjects. This is one of them. Beginning with the, the uh, lie that I was told when I was in college that men and women are basically the same. And Wait, I love the so idea that like, people are part of college are basically should be sex ed. <laughs> Wait, what college is like men and women like are the you're, same? You're college and like you're upset that like uh gender and women's studies wasn't just about like teaching you how to have sex. <laughs> like you thought that was the syllabus. <laughs> And and where are these colleges teaching you that men and women are the same? Who's? Uh, I mean, uh, Josh, you have to keep in mind though. Like when he says here that like, oh, like we're all taught the lie that men and women are the same. What he means is we're uh, compelled by the law to live in a society in which men and women are legally and politically the same. Right. That's what he's uh, talking yeah. about. <laughs> good. That's very what he good. Can. Point. That's, not, that's the like lie women, that he uh, feels like, like he's being taught. And it's like Dennis, like women. No one's teaching you this, but you do have to live in a society in which the laws reflect that. Unfortunately, right? So he, he's saying, he's saying like women, uh, it's wrong that they that they can refuse sex. Yeah, that's it. That's really what it, it's coming down to for right. him. Like, right? He's still smart. I, I actually, I actually minored in refusing sex. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the same. Then the I, the whole question is absurd. What do you mean male sexual nature? There's no such thing. Men and women have the same sexual natures. What? But when you, when you realize no, you the fucking Sigmund Freud, that like the entire fucking field of study is like as basically established that there are differences in male and female sexuality. What the fuck are you talking about, Dennis? Do you, do you really think he's a fan of Freud? <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, I really uh, all, all that talk about his grandmother, I don't know, maybe. 
I'll say kudos to his producer for not letting him smoke one of his giant cigars while he does. Because <laughs> yeah. he usually does. Oh my god, Josh and Dave, as yeah. if you guys are aware, these guys love smoking cigars. Big cigars. Oh my they god, love they love filling it. their mouth with those big brown guys. <laughs> <laughs> to say right now that he, is oh. to is to live life on premise A, and then believe premise B. It, it, it's astonishing no to me. One, no one does that. You, if so, you believe that men and women have the same nature, where, where he's getting the, where he's getting with all this? I'm how do you explain? Like, I, I've, I've not watched this video. I've not watched this video, but I'm going to predict where he's going with this. Is that yeah. male sexuality is like uh, that, that men experience is when you're horny and want to have sex. Female sexuality is the opposite of that. That like it, 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 right. uh, women aren't horny, nor do they desire sex. They but they merely must submit to to uh, to, to male sexuality uh, as a reward for good behavior, or because they're virtuous in some way, or they want to start a family. Like women, this is the, this women is the price can only exercise. Women can only exercise their sexuality by uh, crying rape. Um, otherwise, uh, <laughs> they just leave it on the shelf. Well, he's he's about to get into me too. In that. Yeah, there we go. All this harassment stuff and all this Me Too stuff and all of that is all in 99.999% of it is all in one direction, male against female. Why aren't 50% of the harassers female? How come females are... (laughs) (laughs) Empower more female abusers! Yeah. Yeah. Let girls do their thing! So like okay, so what Dennis is doing here is he's betraying like in his. I mean, look at this. I guy want affirmative me. action for female abusers, just so we can catch up. You know. But where Dennis is going with this is he? It's like the same thing with like cat calling, right? Like he's just like, oh, if if every time I walk down the street, like ladies are whistling at me and going like, hey, sweet cheeks, where are you going? He was like, I would take that as a compliment or whatever. And like he's just like, oh, like well, men would obviously love to be harassed, and it's just like. If Dennis even knew he were in, like, because I know all homophobes think every gay man wants to have sex with them, but if Dennis were made aware that he was in the same zip code with an openly gay man, he would immediately start fearing for his life. So, like, <laughs> it's just like, it, 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 guess what, Dennis? <laughs> this is one way in which male and female, male and females actually aren't the same. And it can't be so neat. He's the one applying the same standard here with this, with this fucking idea that, like, oh, getting harassed is no big deal. It's just when your boss says you're pretty. Also, doesn't this not make any sense because his view of the world is like totally heteronormative, which is defining stark gender differences. So if his idea is that we live in a world where there's no distinction between the sexes, I don't know, like where does trans panic come in then? You know, it's like right. totally incoherent well, to me. Why, why does it bother you that there are trans women in the... Yeah, exactly. Aren't just walking over to men and, and, and touching them in an inappropriate manner because they're 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 more self-disciplined please I mean, <laughs> you, you, you've got to you've got to have a, a graduate degree to believe something that's stupid okay it, that's why no one you believes have have a, you have to have a graduate degree to believe something is stupid that like a woman would approach a man in a sexual manner and like be like uh, <laughs> desirous uh, to touch uh, touch his body and i will and i will give company. one thing to him i will give one thing to him and that's uh, most people with graduate degrees are stupid um it's because yeah. it's it's not it's sure. not in female nature to do that. Gee, I you know I really I really there are you know all these men working in the office and I really I, I just want to tell them 
sexual things. I, or I just, I really want to touch them all over them. I, I, it's, I, I wish you could see the grin on his face. No, you, yeah. you, you, I he, guess, well, it's, I'm, I'm posing it as a question that isn't worth asking. It's He's getting like, really horny. Imagine being harassed yeah. by women. The, and like, this is a guy who has never, never been desired by a woman ever. Ever. Like he has never experienced like the lust or desire of a member of the opposite sex ever. No, he hasn't. You're right. And, and it, you, you, know, you want to know why? Because it's not in their nature. It's like the fucking scorpion and the frog. <laughs> well, there's a bit of that thing too. There's a bit of that overshare that, uh, that Ben Shapiro, like, uh, <laughs> you know, where you can't get women wet. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, dude, ask a friend. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Do you have a single male friend? Who might use like a little younger and maybe more well, attractive at all? Of untruth that is told at college and told in the media and anything else that the left, the, the left, you have to understand, the left does not believe that the search for truth is a search worth making. They believe that the search is for utopia, a place they imagine that men and women are the same, and then they declare it. I don't. I don't care yeah, we, to engage on on utopia versus truth. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I, all, I will, all I will say about this is that the only search that I think is worth undergoing at this point is the crawl spaces in Dennis Prager's house. Whatever they imagine, <laughs> that is. How about him being able to search for his dick under his stomach? That is their reality. Oh. It is a, it's it's a, an extremely immature, childlike thing. I uh, I believe in monsters, so there must be monsters. That's what it, that's what it is. I believe. What? I want to believe men and women. Or by the way, I don't even know why you'd want to believe that. <laughs> it, it, to me, that is not, it's hardly a wonderful. Nobody world believes that. Sexes are it's the been same. going on for f- almost five minutes about a, about a thing that people don't actually. I think like this one is what they call one guy said well for his sexual advice. I gotta say, one look, guy look. said this to him in like a in like a class. He was like, "No, men and women are, should be equal in society." And this is what he has been doing ever since. It's one of the. No, he confuses. Yeah, you know, like it goes goes back to the same thing. Is like he confuses legal and political rights with yeah. women be shopping, and he's like, uh, the left doesn't want the, the the left is denying the truth of women be shopping. Why not both? Why the, not both? The, it's a difficulty. It's a challenge, but it's one of the greatest things on earth that men and women are different. But that's where this brilliant observation. That's the reason that I even have to talk about this yeah, because absolutely. of this. And it's I, only the word lie is appropriate that men and women are basically the same. We got some dog movement. He's still on. So again, answer me. How do you explain that all of this stuff? <laughs> how many women are saying to men who work for them? If you don't sleep with me, you don't, you don't get advanced uh, at work. <laughs> it's there's, there's just, uh-huh. The sexual <laughs> natures are so different. Again, what? Visibly horny. Visibly horny thinking about this. It is probably the hardest the hardest thing that I know of in w- among humans is for women to understand male sexual nature. Some do. 
Alison Armstrong, for example, does. She's uh, she has a tremendous. Give me her number. Where's her? What's her number? What's her ad? <laughs> she does videos for. Is she on Instagram? Yeah, uh, she have awesome OnlyFans presence on the internet, and I have her on my male female hour uh, four times a year, and I have for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the longest amount of time he's ever spent with a woman in one place not, ever. Oh, not now, no, not now, kids. Uh, uh, mommy and daddy are having male female hour. <laughs> About ten years. She's uh, she's gifted because she she and I asked her often, why do you understand men so well? She said because I wanted to. That's all it takes. Whoa! It takes that's, a woman. That's the degree I want to get. The, to have the desire. To understand men, but most women don't want dick. to in this in this realm. Not because they're bad or anything else, dick. but because it's too frightening. Totally understandably, male sexual nature is frightening to women, and I get it. And by the way, it when when uncontrolled, male sexual nature is frightening. But most men, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> What the fuck? In our society, thank God, do giggle, control giggle. themselves. But uncontrolled male sexual nature is truly uh, uh, a frightening thing to women. That uh, uh, If there were no moral rules and no police, men would grab women and do what they wanted as a rule. That is the way men are made. He had to find a way no. to like bring in defund the police somehow. Yeah. But so this is this is like a classic. Like there's always been here. there's always there's there's always been dudes like I've never enjoyed strip clubs. I always I always have found them weird. But the guys who love strip clubs mm-hmm. can't in their brain understand that you might not like strip clubs. And this mm-hmm. is what he's like. He's like all men think like me. I would grab every woman that was around if I could. And you're like, no, we actually wouldn't yeah. do that. It's only because there are rules and police that I don't just rape <laughs> random strangers on the street. This is a fact. That's what I'm saying. You're just like me. None of us has empathy for other people. Uh, none of us give a shit about what other people want or enjoy in this world. And it is only because of laws and, and, and God that we uh, don't run around doing terrible things to everyone. I'm just imagining, like, uh, if this was an episode of Law and Order SVU, them like playing back his own words to him just to <laughs> absolutely nail him. It would kill. <clears throat> Ripped from oh. the headlines. <clears throat> we were on international water. The fact There's that your no man way. doesn't act that way is because he has been given a set of rules, and because he knows that he will be punished. God, oh my God! Wait, wait, it. Jesus Christ! So he's saying he's saying to every wife and mother in America, like the man yeah. that they are with is constrained yeah. only by a fear of prison from <laughs> raping and killing them. <laughs> well, no, or random strangers too. <laughs> yeah, no, but he's, yeah. he says like he's talking uh, about your man, the man in your life is is, is yeah. how he's setting and up this, this is, one. It's this is how he the makes screen. the case. This is how he makes the case against uh, male sexuality is threatening to women. Yeah, that's how, that's how he's rebutting that point. Is being like, well, if there weren't laws, uh, rape would just be happening in the streets constantly. It's so great, but this is like there is a version of this on the sort of left, where like you know, for obvious reasons, I'm a little more sensitive to this stuff now. I pay more attention, but there's people who are like raise your sons not to be rapists. Yeah, 
It's like, um, yeah, I, I think there's a way to <laughs> handle it without. Do I have to list every single I, crime he shouldn't commit and then teach him not to do it? Or yeah, maybe, raise, no. raise your sons not to be murderers, okay? Yeah, how about instill empathy in them and they'll kind of figure that yeah. the fuck out, Dennis? Can you I've been by saying I, on a video, I don't just attack random women and rape them in the street because I know I'd be punished. And like, and, and also like, keep, keep in mind, keep in mind as, as like sort of a, a vanguard of like reactionary social conservatism in his description of male sexuality and like the supposedly um, utopian, uh, like uh, imbalance that exists now with the men and women <laughs> being equal. Uh, there's a veiled threat here to like every woman in, in the country. Right. Yeah. Cause he's saying like, yeah. Oh, it could just as easily go the other way. If our laws break, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, like, like he's playing out a palpable fantasy and like wish fulfillment scenario with his philosophizing here. Well, and saying like that's male sexual utopia is just, you know, rapothon. Just enough that he has these set of rules and the fear of punishment is not even necessary, but rules men know this. And, and we, we, we males, I, I am one of them. I am male. <laughs> wrong, wrong. wrong. I, I we can't act out our sexual nature. You, you are, you are not in the human species, dude. Male, female, <laughs> it all breaks down when we're talking about you. You're just. He didn't say male human. I don't believe. <laughs> he said some sort no, of gelatinous changeling. It's, it's, it's made clear to to boys in, in the vast majority of instances at a very early age, and it is a good thing that it, that it is wrestling done. Class. But, the reason a woman will not want to know is because she she wants to believe the feminist lie, the left wing lie, uh, and I hate using such strong language because the word lie to me you have to reserve it for really really severe moments. But this is severe. That men and women are basically the same is a spectacular lie. And uh, so what happened, by the way, I have lived. Wait, so he's going after feminists, but I, uh, it wasn't Andrea Dworkin's whole thing that all men are rapists. He's basically yeah. saying that. He's like agreeing yeah. with her. Yeah, he, he's like. It's uh, a horseshoe next theory in action, yeah. folks. Next up on the well, male. Yeah, Andrea Dworkin did not misunderstand uh, who was a man and who was a woman. You know, yeah, like, uh, next, <laughs> next up on the male-female hour, we got a wonderful author. I think you're all going to enjoy her book is called The Scum Manifesto. That's right. <laughs> who's responsible for getting rid of a very nasty gay artist who'd been corrupting our children. And it's about as incoherent as this. Long enough to see the results. So all these young women go to college. They learn this lie. Oh, you have the same sexual nature as a man. So they act out on it. You're as happy with, uh, with non-committed, non-emotional sex as males are. So a lot of girls uh, say, oh, yes, I'm just like a guy. I, I could sleep around just as much as guys want to sleep around. And this is not true for every female. Clearly, I, I recognize that. But for most, that is not a road to happiness. You can always, you can always tell when someone's a sex haver when they say females. Like that's <laughs> right there. Um, so I, I don't um, most women, yeah, if I'm understanding this correctly, if they get a lot of dick, they're not happy. Right. That's what he just said. But most like of them, lady, they tend to do that only because they go to college and college tells them that they're just like men. So they think right. They so they so they don't want to they don't want to get a lot of a lot of sex and 
and they only do it because college tells them to. And then they're like, well, this isn't great. I've fucked a lot of people and it's a bummer. No, they do want to have a lot of sex because they want to, they think that their sexuality is just like male sexuality. And then, you know, at the risk of, um, uh, agreeing with Dennis Prager. So cut, cut that line of saying at the risk. No, no, no. I'm just saying like, do you remember Will and I have talked about this. Do you remember that whole TikTok thing around West Elm Caleb? Do you remember that kid? I mean, I certainly do. No, Uh, it was basically just like this really middle of the road looking like 20 something guy uh, who worked for West Elm and he was absolutely cleaning up, um, you know, just like fucking all the time. And all of these women got together and were like, oh, I realize that we've all gone on a date and put out to West Elm Caleb and now we feel like love bombed. And it was just kind of like a really odd moment. Like it was this collective moment of embarrassment. And I felt embarrassed for these women because they were all like, you know, in in trying to cancel West Elm Caleb, it was kind of not exactly coming from a position of uh, power, right? Like they were kind of yielding the idea that, oh, well, I wouldn't have, you know, had sex with West Elm Caleb had I known that he wasn't going to ask me on a second date, as opposed to, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I, you know, I do think there is something to like the, without going too long to the sex in the city lie about like, yeah, um, constantly fucking around is what makes you happy. What if just being a person and figuring out what works for you is what makes you happy? Just being an adult moving through the world and not letting yourself be influenced by fucking Dennis Prager or sex in the city or, you know, like no, no piece of cultural media. I would uh, I would say it's part ways, wow. Catherine. I think women do. I know. Sorry. Right? I think women, <laughs> no, women, a lot women of do. Shut it all. Women do be loving having sex, but only with Dennis Prager in the context of an emotional committed relationship, where there's like eye contact, deep kissing, sensuous touching, and fireside lovemaking. Well, speaking That's for myself in particular, I I can agree with that. Think about how white. Think about how white his cock is. Whereas for men, it's a road for happiness, but it certainly isn't a road to unhappiness. Men are very happy to have women say, "Oh, I'm just like you. Let's sleep together." Okay, I've, I've so I've, so this is this is I also don't know a how guy. To say this nicely. Yeah, I've, go ahead. I've I'm a very I've been happily married for a long time. I'm a family man now. I had I had a flagrant youth. That lasted way too long, as Dave can attest. Um, yeah. I've, 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 I've engaged in sexual congress with uh, a goodly number of women in my day. Oh, my none God. Of them, none of them what? ever said, <laughs> I'm just like you. Let's have sex. It's just never, <laughs> ever, ever happened. Nor, nor did it ever occur to me to go, hey, you're just like me. That must be the East Coast West Coast divide. Oh, no. He also, <laughs> I'm from the East you know, Coast. East, East Coast women, they're much more intellectual. They're trying to make an intellectual case up front, you know. Yeah, just like I, you. I will only, I will only fuck a woman if she says I'm just like you. Mm-hmm. The men, uh, men are uh, very happy to meet such a woman who uh, has that attitude. But one of the reasons <laughs> that, okay, wait, <sighs> wait. Wait, he has never turned down a woman for sex. He has literally never had a woman that he didn't want to have sex with offer 
And he said, no, that's never that happened. To there is this lie, another lie, that the colleges are a rape culture. I, mean, I could prove to you it's a lie because parents would never send their daughters to a rape culture. Uh, no, okay. oh. So uh, people. <laughs> that, what are you? <laughs> First of all, they're not called rape colleges. You're right. A, a parent would not send their kid to. Southwestern Rape College. You're right. Rape culture, Dave. They wouldn't send their kids to. No, but he just said rape college. Okay, he said rape culture. culture. He did. Okay, so uh, so he's saying that if his his way of proving that there is no rape culture at colleges is that no one would send their daughter there. Yeah, because they would get there's a culture of rape there. Rape. Correct. I don't know. People still send their kids to Catholic Church. <laughs> you want to talk about where rape culture flourishes? Would you send your daughter to a place you thought had a rape culture? Of course. Yeah. If I had a daughter, <laughs> we live in. We live in America. I'm having a heart attack here. <laughs> this is a rape culture. We America's send a rape them anywhere. It's it's a yeah, place it's, where it's like we're working on it. But Jesus fucking Christ. But well, we're not, not working on it. Of course. Yeah. Of course not. Would you go if you were female? Of course not. So that's a big lie. By the way, to get me to the. Def- Listen, I'm I'm trying to get a middle middle level uh, media job. So yeah, I'm going to rape university. You know that cost benefit <laughs> analysis. How else are you gonna? Yeah. How else am I gonna? You know, get a B suite office. The notion that women, because they're smart, uh, will just simply never go anywhere where there is a possibility of, oh, Jesus Christ, it doesn't need, this is the problem with doing all, the show, all, is you end up responding to the stupidest shit as though a rational human yeah. being said it. All uh, movies, all movies would be like uh, plays back in Greek times of just all dudes. As it should be. Fan colleges shows I'm committed to truth. Because I can't stand what colleges have become, and this. So anyway, they. This is the. This is the argument. So a lot of the women. Why is it called again a rape culture? Because a lot of women do have a, a, a fair amount of sex uh, with different men, and then uh, feel very unhappy about it afterwards, even depressed. It's not been a road to their happiness. Are there some women who love it? I have no doubt there are some women who. Literally the only sexual experience he's ever had is now being applied to everyone and everything. Why, why couldn't a woman like he, but it's such a fucking crazy blanket statement. Like there aren't women who just enjoy fucking a lot and other women who well, don't like knows there they, are some. Dave has been bought well, the big lie folks. The big lie. <laughs> that women like sex. Love it. I, I the, I can never account for everyone. If you have to account for everyone, you will never understand life. You have to be able to make. There are some real sickos out there. Seatbelts save lives. Does it save everyone's life in a crash? No. Sometimes people are killed by a seatbelt, but the statement "seatbelts save lives" is accurate. So too, whatever statements I'm making about sexual nature of men versus women. So, okay, so. Here, here's my generalization. Uh, anyone who watches or subscribes to PragerU should be on a, a kind of police uh, sex abuse watch list. Yep, that's a generalization <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to make. One hundred percent. I think if you no, watch that- Dennis Prager's sex videos, that that is true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Do you think he's obviously ever made not all PragerU subscribers are burgeoning sex criminals, but you know a fair number <laughs> of them are. So be, listen, we have to make generalizations. We have to make generalizations. I cannot account for every Dennis Prager fan, but you know, <laughs> let, let's, we're talking about the truth here. But some are definitely rapists. Order of importance. One uh, vast difference is that uh, sex is on males' minds a lot. Or as a friend of mine said to me in high school, uh, and he was a religious Males? Guy. What do you have to say? He came over to me one day, you know, Dennis, I did a survey of the guys in our oh. class, and I came to the conclusion that one out of every 10 thoughts a guy has is not about sex. That was a brilliant line. That's why I didn't forget it. <laughs> oh, he loved that one. He loved that one. I was really... in high school yesterday, oh, and I remember man. it. And I thought, that is really funny because there's so much truth to it. Women would be stu- If women got a male brain for a day, there would be a it's lot of reactions. First of all, they would, be, they would be astonished at how little is going on. The, it, it is, that would be one of the major, they would go, oh my God, free, free at last. Uh, whereas if men got a, a woman's brain for a day, I think they would shoot them. I think this is what happens when Dennis hires a sex worker. He just sits and talks to her like this. <laughs> oh, easiest hour of their life. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. This is really no, shouldn't. <laughs> like, just fuck me. My God. Yeah, really. This is, this is worse than anything. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't we, we would not allow them to have access to, uh, to a weapon because they would probably kill themselves. So much is going on in the female brain at one time. So they're very different brains, which there's a very fun. That is true. That is true. <laughs> All right, Kenny, you have one hour. Uh, Go. Tell us everything that's going on. Oh, right oh God. Well, Will Will has Will's uh, been a party <laughs> to how much it goes on in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Too uh, much. A uh, thing on the internet about a guy talking about the male brain and the female brain, and he walks over to a male, uh, uh, you know, uh, a sculpture of a male head and a sculpture of a female head. By the way, there, there are so many hilarious uh so many hilarious things on the internet about male-female differences, and they all resonate to the exact same ideas that I'm talking oh, about. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a couple of those websites. Now, there's too, a Dennis. famous one about two boxes. There's a female <laughs> box and a male box. So the female box has uh, got like yeah, there ten is. knobs and dials, and it has lighting diodes, and the male box oh, has an on-off switch. I don't know what you to know, do with that, anything in that box. One, famous one on the, on the how to uh, how to seduce a a uh, a woman. These are all very famous. And it's got a list of like fifteen internet. things: bring her flowers, say nice things, talk about what's on her mind, perhaps stroke her tenderly. Uh, you know, nice. like 10, 15 things. Uh, the other one. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 dog. Dennis Prager just walking up to you. Say nice things and maybe stroke her tenderly. This is how you treat a horse. He's like, give her a nice, give her an apple every now and again, and a salt lick, and uh, some fresh hay to bed down on. It's also how you put a horse to sleep too. Bring food, show up give naked. Give her a carrot. That's it. That's that's, that's, that's it's not sometimes hard. she'll eat it out of your mouth. So really uh, why do they? Why do people put these things? Bring food, out? show up naked because they they resonate with real life. That's why. 
So, of course, men think about it more than women. Are there some women who are preoccupied with it? Yes, there are some women. But again, it's like the old seatbelt thing. It's irrelevant for the vast majority. (laughs) Look, I'm so open on this. It's irrelevant because he's never encountered one. He has never experienced female sexuality in any enthusiastic sense. He has never experienced it. He knows it's out there, so he keeps qualifying these generalizations he's making by saying, I can't account for every woman. I'm just going off my own life experience. By the way, I'm open about this because my father was. My father spoke about sex with the ease with which he would speak about oh, God. as a very rare home in that regard. And he was a, and he was a religious man. He was oh, an Orthodox Christ. Jew. And, and yet he spoke about sure he's it not a Freudian? Uh, again with the ease with which, uh, uh, and therefore I can, I got this from him. And so uh, the difference only is he spoke to oh, the family God. about he's it. He's not talking about this with any ease at all. This is like, it's like dental also, surgery. Also, you said this episode, talking about this episode would be, about fucking, he hasn't really talked about sex at all. Yeah, like, no, he's he talked about, yeah, no, he hasn't. About, he hasn't talked about it at all. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really slightly. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was, is young Dennis, seven-year-old Dennis, would be sitting, uh, you know, playing with blocks, and his dad would come in and be like, "So I just went down on your mom, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I really made her come." Uh, and uh, and then I flipped her over, and uh, I fucked her the way a horse fucks a horse. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, I'm son, sure that's what, uh, I'm sure that's what he means when he says my father talked about sex with ease. I'm sure that's what he means. Oh, oh, to millions of people about it. So, it, but it's really I'm sort of a conduit to my father, who who taught me it's part of life. Recognize it. I mean, hello, Dr. Freud. Hello. Are you there? Is it coming? Is it coming? <laughs> I, I, I'm in a way my father's penis penetrating my mother. <laughs> Control it, but recognize it. And, and uh, God made us this way. There's nothing to rebel against. You just have to learn to control it, which is not easy. Uh, he's, he would sometimes, he would actually sit uh, uh, at the- It is uh, easy. Well, because there are laws- <laughs> at our Sabbath table where we did hours and hours of talking. That's where I learned a lot about life at that table every Friday night and Saturday afternoon. And uh, he would say, you know, I have one question for God. Why did he make the male sex uh, urge so strong? And my mother was present. And uh, she, she... That's your one question for God? In front of He's your God. wife kid. You're what sitting the there with your kid and your wife, and you go, "I wonder why God made me so horny all the time." Well, there weren't there weren't, How, there weren't uh, original legacy TV shows on HBO Max yet, so you know <laughs> there was a lot less to do, a lot of time to kill. Yeah. How was uh How was the Sabbath for you? Well, my dad was just really clutching the fork and talking about how he didn't get to fuck enough, <laughs> and also. In addition to not actually talking about sex itself, Dennis is like, he's, he's talking about his grandmother, his parents, kids who write to him and yeah. how comfortable he is talking about sex. The one thing he's not talking about are any of the actual marriages. It's his own sex had. life. Getting it yeah. on with ladies. Yeah. He, uh, she loved them. They were married 69 years and together 72 years, 73 years. And, uh, but he, he was totally uh, aware of the, of the male sex urge and spoke about it. So 
there the, the first di- oh my god you're oh, he was aware of yeah, it hey, uh, yeah I, it's like De- dennis goes to school and he's like making fun of the other kids he's like i bet your dad isn't aware of the male sex urge as mine is dennis's dad is hornier than yours of thought about it and it takes it takes almost nothing to trigger that thought the if uh, and that brings me to number point number two and that is the power of the visual. Oh, why do they cry after you fuck them? He's no. There, there are like How fifty more topics that have scrolled the screen. Yeah, because like whether I have whether I have Dennis's brain or my own, I'm considering stopping it right now. Oh no! Wait, I, I want to hear what women are stimulated yeah. by. Oh. Yeah, give yeah, me some yeah. ideas. But men, for men, the visual is the most powerful, and that does not have. Uh, I've 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 done this so often on my on my radio show. I have a national radio show. You, if you even people around the world listen to it. It's on the internet. <laughs> and every Wednesday, the second hour of my show is about men and women, and it's, I'm very honest about it. And I've learned an immense amount because I have had thousands of people call in and send me emails. Th- this is not just stuff that I knew. On my own, this is stuff based on talking he, to so had, many men and women. He, he's had thousands of women call in an email to his man woman hour to tell him that they are not turned on visually by him. <laughs> <laughs> that when they see him visually, they experience no arousal, zero. But that's because women, you know, that's just not the way their brains work. Imagine if it's just Dennis's engineers. Just calling in with fake voices. <laughs> years, years sex. He's got an engineer like Tom Likas just doing different voices. Right. <laughs> For men, the visual is the most powerful. And that does not have uh I've 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 done this so often on my on my radio show. I have a national radio show, you, if you even people around the he, each each time you think he's going to say something about his own like life or his own like sexual preferences, he says uh, on my radio show because they don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I keep imagining it's going sexual. How powerful and then, it is, yeah, in uh, on my radio. Otherwise, show. they they wouldn't argue. So I have a a, a, a whole host of proofs. What the the most? Well, I don't know if it's the most obvious proof, but an obvious proof is. Uh, what uh, what men watch on the internet it used to be in magazines. Now, of course, it's on the internet. I mean, he's you just guys are watching watch another, this. He's just going to do another <laughs> eight minutes proving that men and women are different. So, <sighs> I almost feel like it's like we have we have beaten this horse to death at this point. Uh, <laughs> unless how, you guys, how long do these how long do these typically go? His fireside chats half, on like one topic, half, half hour. I, this one, this one's about twenty minutes. But uh, oh my god, yeah. it felt it feels like he could go for hours. He probably could. He, well, you know, he could. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah, in um, some ways, but not others. But it's just. I mean, we definitely learned how fucked up he is. The 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 dad shit is just creepy that's as fucking amazing. hell. Like that's yeah. really bad. Yeah, <laughs> and that that combined with his beliefs about how women should submit—I mean, it's it, it's—and this is part of theoretically. This is where they just stop pretending. These are these are exclusive to Prager University. <laughs> this is theoretically an online college, where mm-hmm. I guess what the, the 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 head of the what is he the, the head of the school is now is now lecturing you about important life lessons. I, I just can't even. <laughs> 
Well, so his that test is. for his test for I don't know accredited universities was uh, are they teaching you about sex? And so by his own uh, by his own criteria, PragerU fails. He is also not teaching people how to have sex. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, he's also that's right. He's and he's huge. He's against sex ed in in uh, in schools. So except yeah, except what? for him. No, because he wants kids to yeah, like. Yeah. Oh, they, they, he wants one source of 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 sex knowledge to be uh, extant in our society, and that's his fucking fireside yeah. chats and male female hour on his nationally syndicated radio show, which I believe they are currently using to torture people in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> exactly. Well, they're also like at the part I clipped out at the beginning, but he talks about how he had given much more detailed lectures uh, at a synagogue about 15 years ago, but they're recorded oh. on his website. They're several hours long. And in his own words, oh they're God. very important. They're very important. <laughs> yes. That, you, <sighs> that word is so misused these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, do you I guys mean, like, I mean, like, this like, or can we just like, leap right into. Because uh, uh, the next yeah. the next one also in some way connects to male sexuality, but I think in a more interesting uh, way. Are you, I, I would um, I would love to go the next one because I'm ready. I'm I'm about to fucking throw up looking at this asshole talk about sex. Like <laughs> oh, uh, the the last oh, will needs five minutes. Will needs a five minute break. Yeah, gotta go. The only thing off. I'm going to remind or, you is this is or like a three minute you know, break. The, uh, well, well, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. Who am I kidding? We're hoping that we get a bunch of your fucking listeners. But keep in mind, these are not. A lot of people listening to this are not familiar with uh, the cast of characters on Chapo Trap House, so you, you're going to need to do a bit of a primer for them. You'll understand what I'm talking I'll about. I'll do my best. So the last thing uh, I want to say about this video is like the lengths yes. to which he goes to talk about how like uh, male sexuality needs to be like controlled and restrained. Like we are seeing yes. in this video, like his strategy for controlling his own sexuality which is channeling it into hour-long fireside chats he gives to a fucking synagogue full of 80-year-olds. But, like, but like <laughs> under the guise of I'm just spitting, the, I'm rapping with some teenagers about sex. Like, I mean, right. like I said, like, he, he wants, he, he wants uh, all, all sexual knowledge to be controlled by him, and he wants all women to be sexually controlled by him. And like uh, his, these fireside chats, this is like this is a visual manifestation. And like just like the the way he's holding his body in these shots is a like in the tortured, twisted way. This is like a visual manifestation of him attempting to swallow the sex demons that are just like clawing at behind his eyes every second of the day. If if you follow the the line of his body, he's leaning away from the dog. It's a female dog. Um, the, the dog has won the dominance game. And the dog is asleep. Ah, uh, all right. I feel like I've been dipped in shit. Let's uh, let's uh, let's move on. You guys, this is this is the next one. This is shorter. Don't worry. Okay. And uh, the, the time will come when you're going to have to explain someone to our listeners, right. Will. And I think you'll derive much pleasure from that. But let's. Uh, this is called The War on Reality. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest on the show today. He just finished up filming a five-minute video here with us at PragerU. Now, a bit of a backstory. So every year, PragerU has an employee retreat. Oh, and no. This year, we all oh, got no. a employee retreat <laughs> and an American flag. Now, the name of that book was Live Not by Lies, a manual oh, okay. for Christian dissidents written by all Mark right. Mayer all and right. we got Rod Dreher in the house. Okay, Rod Dreher in the house. We got Rod Dreher in the house. Explain Rod Dreher. Okay, Rod Dreher is in the house, being being interviewed by one of PragerU's child soldiers. 
uh, whatever they're paying this kid is, is not enough for their soul. But um, okay, like so, uh, listeners to the audit uh, who are maybe not familiar with Rod Dreher, imagine, like, like, okay, like, uh, imagine if you will in your head, like, the very easy stereotype of a wildly homophobic uh, Southern dandy who is in himself, like, let's just say, betraying a great deal about what his own. Um, intersex demons uh, per, per Dennis Prager. And uh, there's another man in constant battle with the sex demons clawing uh, underneath his flesh every single second of the day. He is one of the most histrionic lunatics. Um, he's been like a, a source of cheap comedy material for me for years. But like imagine social conservative guy who see, uh, look, I'll just say, I won't know what it's in his heart, but like you'll, you'll know when you hear him start talking. Okay. Like he just, he, he, seems... he watches a lot of gay porn for a straight guy uh, and, yeah, like, and then vlogs about it. He's a guy who's like the, the, the va- like, like he's a sort of orthodox Christian and he's very into like, you know, uh, re- religion and uh, like culture war stuff. But like the main, like, like most of what his like intellectual output is dedicated to is describing in detail rigorous gay sex practices and then uh, like we're you know uh, then heading to the fainting couch in horror as he as he relates to you the reader the horrors of gay male promiscuity promiscuity so like that, that that's why he's, i will say he's only on two videos it's, right. it's, he's on two videos here one is this interview and the other he does uh, actually one of their their uh, lessons on totalitarianism can it happen in America? Oh, and also, uh, I thought Rod, we at least um, run. Yeah, Rod currently divorced and living in Hungary. On. It's so great to be here. Oh, fantastic! Now I want to start off by reading the first sentence in chapter one of your book. Sometimes okay, right. a stranger who sees deeper about. and farther than the crowd appears to warn of trouble coming. Now, oh, love, in my experience, my stranger was Yuri Bezmenov, <laughs> a, a KGB defector who was talking about the influence of propaganda and communism in America. And for a lot of people, you're now that stranger who's <laughs> who's bringing the warning. So let's assume you're the stranger for everybody listening right now. The what is your warning? My warning is that. That in the West today, we are slipping into a kind of totalitarianism that is similar but not equivalent to the totalitarianism of the Soviet Union, the hard totalitarianism. And hard the message didn't come from hard. me. It came. Dave, you're nodding. Oh, no, I was just, I agree with everything you say. To me, from people in this country who had escaped the Soviet Union, escaped the communist world during the Cold War and thought they were coming to freedom in America. Well, what they're now seeing happen in America today is the emergence of conditions like what they left behind. When I first started hearing this, these people, I thought, yeah, they, surely they're exaggerating. Not here in America. This couldn't happen here. But the more oh, I listened like it, to them, leave, the more asshole. I realized that they were actually seeing things <laughs> oh, that the rest did. of us couldn't see, in part because we think it can't happen here. Mm-hmm. And mostly we're talking about cancel culture, about wokeness, about people being afraid to say what they really think. Just, just like in the Soviet Union. <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't that a thing? The Communist Manifesto, the the edit, there's there's a large section on cancel culture. That's one of the one of the stages. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm I'm pretty sure. Again, I'm not the expert that some of you guys are, but the thing the thing that uh, these guys always seem to leave out is that um, uh, the stuff they're railing against and comparing was done by uh, a state 
to uh, its citizens. And over here, their their issue is it's being done by people on Twitter to them. Yeah. That about uh, an awful <laughs> podcast host as well. <laughs> And also, I just did, just, uh, apropos of nothing, I just, uh, Louis C.K. just played um, uh, Madison Square Garden a couple weeks ago. So just. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, I think it's not a thing that happened to people in the Soviet Union after they got canceled. But like, I, I don't know. Well, there's only one garden. Like they want to worship and so on and so forth. These are things that came to the communist world. This, this was the first wave of communism there, but it wasn't the last. And what these people are telling trying to warn Americans and Europeans is that wake up it's happening right here you do you guys remember the um uh it was a guy on Howard Stern the the clan Baba guy Bowie? which guy no he had the guy from the clan who would come on and just go oh, wake yeah, up yeah, black yeah. people wake up black <laughs> people yeah yeah is that usually as a he's... usually as a foil to angry black or king of all blacks but you know uh, to be fair That's angry right. black was warning about <laughs> cancel culture back in the 90s Way ahead of the curve. Is he not using that? I mean, what's Rod's connection to, I mean, obviously, the, the, to, to the far right? Is there any kind of white supremacist overtones with him? Is he what's. Well, I mean, look, he, up until very recently, he had a, uh, a well paid sinecure, sinecure at uh, the American Conservative. Uh, he recently just lost that job because the one person founding his entire salary decided that all of his uh, extended, uh, all the ink he spilled on anal sex has just gotten too weird for him. So he's cutting <laughs> off, Rod, the Rod Sugar Daddy is cutting off his credit card. Um, but, you know, the American conservative is, you know, like, I don't want to like, you know, like they're, they're, there's actually like some pretty good, like I like Daniel Larison a lot. But like the American conservative always has that kind of like paleo con Pat Buchanan thing going on, which is really just not too far away from uh, outright white supremacy. And Kathy, you do you share Will's obsession? Oh, I, I get to I get to hear about him a lot. I, I regrettably though, I had never heard him speak on video before. So this is oh, really wow. adding adding another layer um, to an already textured uh, palette. <laughs> He's uh, I love his glasses. Also, what's what's going on with his little? Uh, is he does he have two handkerchiefs in his pocket? Like he was like one isn't enough. It's, people it's won't, get, people won't get the idea if I just wear one. It looks like I he has a canary stuffed into of... his breast pocket. Oh no no it's two. Sorry, I'm looking at here in HG. Yeah no, it's just a it's just a, a big yellow handkerchief. Yep. You continue to just to sit by passively and watch things happen. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's become so pervasive in our culture now that you nearly can't avoid it. And people are trying to call it out and, and call attention to it. But still, people fall sort of it falls sort of on deaf ears. And why do you think that is? And, and are you optimistic about us sort of breaking that barrier when it comes to that conversation? Yeah, I think a lot of it goes ignored by people in our country because so much of what's being done is care. done with weirdos compassion. Like you. you know, if you look at George Orwell's 1984, which was the literary equivalent of Stalinism, you know. Oh, here we oh go. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, 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 they get paid by the we're, Orwell. We're living. We're living in freaking 1984. It's freaking hell world. Look around. Uh, oh no, he's going to go to the other place though. The uh, you'll see. That was a dystopian totalitarian society in which the state and the powers that be enforced their ideology through pain and terror. Well, we don't have that here, so right. we people think that, what is he talking about, totalitarianism? 
I think a better That's model for us is uh, Brave New World uh, Brave New by World? Aldous Huxley, the oh, okay. other 20th century. Oh, yeah. The, other, the only other book they've read. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, there is, there is, I have not had the nerve to watch it yet. They do a book club on PragerU. Oh, God. Uh, um, oh. It's, it is, uh, uh, they have some very special guests. But I believe, wait, is it 1984 or uh, um, cut this out of a guard? Well, let's see. They have Dave Rubin on 1984. Oh, my God. Um, well, that's, a, that's a book at his reading wait. level. But guess who Just, does Brave New World? Oh, um, without, uh, without Ben looking. Shapiro. Senator Ted Cruz. <laughs> oh, oh God. that's perfect. Oh, my God. Just, just as an aside, it would be really funny to me if one of these guys, you know, or anyone who talks about like, oh, 1984, if someone just really leaned into Animal Farm. Um, yes. Oh, it's, oh, it's like we're living in Animal Farm. No one does that one. Um, and it, it wouldn't make any sense, but I would respect the bit. Yeah, I mean, that was an allegory for Soviet totalitarianism. Yeah, but no one ever, no one talks about it. A- Animal Farm is the name of a bar in Louisiana that uh, Rod Dreher has staked out every night of his life, but with night vision goggles and Terrian. audio recording devices. He's a reporter. He's a reporter. He has to. In that totalitarian world, Imagine what his the expense totalitarianism like. is enforced not by pain and terror, but by managing people's comfort and pleasure. So uh, I think that's why we don't understand what's happening to us, because the, the new totalitarianism is done in the name of compassion, the idea that uh, if you object to it, then you must hate people. You must hate sexual minorities, religious minorities, racial minorities, and nobody wants to be a hater. You do, Rod. Yeah, I mean, like, Rod, like, you, you, you plainly do. Like, you, you're, you're, I mean, like, his hatred and fear of gay people is all that he writes about. And like when gay people or people like who you know uh, regard gay you know gay people as human beings read and read your stuff, Rod, or see you speak about gay people in the terms that you do, they rightly conclude that you do hate them. And like, there's no way out of that for you. I mean, like, and, and you're literally saying that compassion towards other human beings or sexual minorities is totalitarianism, is akin well, there... to the pain and torture inflicted on people in 1984. Their way out is always, you know, like like J.K. Rowling and the turf crowd. Their way out is always just being like, ah, point to the line where I say I hate gay people. You know, like I, I didn't write those words. So like, you know, it's not in there. But you can't read any of uh, uh, Rod Dreher's body of work and not come away with uh, how he feels about gay people in particular. And so, you, yeah. Uh, have you guys read any of the books? Of Rod's books? Unfortunately not. God, no. Mm. So they stay silent and they allow our liberties to be taken from us and what the people who grew up under hard totalitarianism you are literally asking the government to take away people's literal liberties rod like literally that is what you've dedicated your life to doing under threat of the law is to take away civil rights and liberties from racial and sexual minorities that's your entire project that's what he's dedicated his life to this is not an abstraction anymore either you know like uh, the, the state is doing this stuff right now. So like the idea that what we really need to be worried about is, um, you know, someone tweeting pig poop balls at you, Rod, um, is pretty laughable. No, I mean, like, what, what Rod is saying is what we, we need to be worried about is that people are too comfortable and their lives are filled with too much pleasure. Yeah. Because like, yeah, like that, that's that, that's worse than, you know, torture and oppression in a way. In a way, it's it's, it's, it's its also, own form of oppression. 
Also, like, don't these people, you know, uh, even if it's not what he writes about, like, they would claim to love the free market. So basically, like, um, the, the market has decided that your ideas are repugnant and not popular and quite bad. So well, Rod has actually uh, turned it, against it, the free market. I mean, Rod, Rod and his cohort oh, well. have decided that capitalism is woke now. And like they've they've made their stand against mm. the market because, you know, Pepsi or Coors Light does like a pride month or whatever. Right, right. So the, the uh, government should regulate capitalism only in barring Pepsi from or Exxon yeah. from sponsoring the Pittsburgh Gay Pride Parade. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Okay, great. This is real, what we're seeing happen now. And it's sneaking up on you because it's all done in the name of making America a safe space for uh, and a compassionate space. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I often say that wokeism is sort of this beast that's born out. What's the like? Like, what's the alternative here? That America is like not safe or compassionate? I mean, like, they're just leaving or, that. Unsaid or that we should here. be striving against compassion? Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, isn't that a isn't that a pretty good rubric by which to move forward? Or perhaps like the only marker for progress is moving toward a more compassionate future. As halting and imperfect as any you know governmental or congressional effort is. Like, uh, I'm sorry, you're you're saying like that's a bad thing. Well, he's just he's leaving it unsaid because like all the dum dums watching this will like you know like they just everyone's reading from the same book, so they're just like oh yes, compassion. Because in their mind, like compassion has just been made into a synonym for like th- their oppression. But here's the crucial thing you have to understand about conservatives and like all, like in every branch of conservatism, be it like social, national security, or economic, what they did, what they what they conceive of as freedom and liberty is their freedom and liberty to dominate and oppress other people. And to the extent to which the state yeah. removes that right from them, they begin to, they like they get on the fucking cross every time about how oppressed they are, about how they're like Solonichin in the fucking gulag. Because yeah, people like, society has moved on. You, Rod and people like him are a moral minority. And they're, and they're acutely aware of that fact. And like that is what they perceive as oppression. Right, and like, and they're loudly demanding to continue, like, their continued and untrammeled right to oppress other people through minority yeah. rule, out of empathy and wanting to sort of shelter people from suffering and oppression and perceived suffering and oppression. I sure, guess that sure. is now, uh, yeah, you- unlike yours, unlike Rod's suffering and oppression, which again is like, I, like entirely self-imposed. Yeah, this is also this is a, this is a woman who uh, well has about forty seven videos on how there's no such thing as systemic racism. So, well, they, they she found also, she has a, a, she has a Black character. Lives Matter tattoo. She has a Black Lives Matter tattoo to prove that once she believed otherwise. Man, but she would love to hear how she us. got here. Oh, oh, she just says she has it. Yeah, I, am I right, Dave? Like every time it's come up, it's yeah. like you can see the tats on her arm. She just mentions that she has a Black Lives Matter, and we're like, I would like to, you know, not to be a creepy old guy, but uh, can we see it? <laughs> By a lot of intellectuals, that progressivism has now become a religion of sorts. Show, show yeah. Now, Dennis Prager sweetie. says that it's a religion that has more sins than any other. <laughs> and yeah. I have this quote specifically from you in your para- oh, uh, in yes. your uh, chapter, "Progressivism as Religion." Social justice warriors believe that human nature is constructed largely through the use of linguistic conventions. Can you explain that sort of idea a little further? Sure. That's why they care so much about which pronouns we use and the language we use to talk about reality. Uh, they believe that language itself doesn't simply that's describe reality, okay, yeah, but no, creates reality. Run, and that's why for most <laughs> people, I think it's crazy that they would care so much about the language we use. You're not normal, Rod. You are not normal. 
<laughs> Imagine, yeah. Live Not by Lies, I'm sorry, is also the funniest fucking name for a book that he possibly could have written. Take your own advice, man. The, the big lie that he, yeah, exactly. This is what constitutes uh, their, their reality, the reality of their identity, and reality everywhere. But it's kind of a form of hocus pocus, you know, and, and the rest of us laugh at it. But here's the thing. The people who you literally this guy literally hired a fucking exorcist for his wife's friend. <laughs> this guy believes in demonic <laughs> possession. Shut the Actual fuck up about hocus pocus. You do you believe in ghouls and <laughs> witches? <laughs> On our institutions now, I'm talking about universities, media, corporate America, even lately the military and the CIA. They've all bought into this wokeness. They've all bought into the idea that language creates reality and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And um, if, they all, if all the people who, who exert power in this society believe this sort of thing, then we all have to believe it too. So tell me seriously, aside from pronouns and what, not using the N-word, what, what, what are the linguistic demands being made on us by this no land acknowledgments or some shit like that. It seems like it's basically just. I, I think he's basically like like they all are just obsessed about pronouns. And again, like really giving <laughs> up the it, game, right? really giving up the game. Like uh, to use someone's preferred pronouns doesn't inconvenience you in the slightest, and is simply the compassionate "I live in a society" thing to do. But for people like Rod, it's like you know tyranny on the march. And like, here's the thing about this, like wokeism, because like, here's the thing: they have to, like, they have to. They're saying, oh, like, progressivism and liberalism have become now wokeism, which is like a religion. And look, like, I know, like, there's all these, like, uh, you know, meta debates about what being woke really is. Look, I think we all know, like, that, like it, it describes a certain kind of, like, I don't know, condescension or people who are like hysterical in a certain way. But here's the deal: the pro the reason that they have to invent, like, they have to have this new term, is because it is like what what it actually means to them and what it really means to everyone is really no different than the entire project of American liberalism or progressivism like since the New Deal or maybe even before that probably since the abolition movement to the present like like it's so any attempt for the like that's why it has to remain in this vague feeling because any attempt at like like how, like how would they like how, how would they describe like the civil rights era or like the civil rights and voting rights act in these terms and wokeness. oh it's wokeness it's wokeness yeah. oh it's, it's it's a group of people like deciding that they're oppressed by society and seeking legislative redress for those problems that favors their group over the over the majority and now everyone is forced to go along with like oh like you know now there's no more uh, colored drinking fountains in the in the south anymore like it, it, it's all this it, it's all this act of like obfuscation because their problem is not with like wokeism or these new standards and languages it's the same old standards that they've been pissed about their entire life it didn't just happen yeah. like over the last couple years in terms of like yeah like the annoying excesses of a certain kind of liberal discourse that i think we're all aware of like their problem is yeah. with the whole project from soup to nuts from the 1860s to the present day however however yeah. if you watch there's about seventeen thousand hours of prager videos that will explain to you very patiently that um uh, the war against slavery and the battle for civil rights wars was fought primarily by Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, these are good, these are hey, good well, you know, so, Technically, in the Civil War, that's technically true. Of course it is. Yeah. yeah. It, but but uh, uh, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that, on the one hand, they will argue 
we are better because we're the ones who supported those things as though there's been no historical change. And at the same time, as you say, they would be objecting to those things as wokeism at the time. Yeah, they just they just know that like uh, we're we're the Civil War fought today. Um, they would be on the wrong side, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yes, and opposing slavery would be would be woke. Yeah, well, like and like and I'm sorry, just like just like I, just more on that, like, and that is why I think like um, they have chosen trans people as like their newest uh, like the, the group of people to demonize in society because it's the thinnest wedge. Because for people like Rod, once again, like I go back to this idea of them being a moral minority. Ever since gay, the Supreme Court uh, made gay marriage legal, like in, in our lifetimes, within the last like 10 or 15 years, American society did literally overnight wake up to realize, hey, we're fine with gay people. It's not a big deal. It's, it's, it's not a big deal at all. And we have moved on. Like and and you know this the Supreme Court did it like Obama back then was even pretending that it's a state issue or whatever but like yeah. even when politicians were pretending to do that society as a as a whole like had already collectively realized that there was nothing morally wrong with being gay or for to have gay people as like in, in their relationships an open and normal part of our society Rod no like they will never accept that but rod knows that they're fighting a rear guard retreat on these issues and they're using trans people and particularly how vulnerable they are to crack their that door open again and believe me for anyone out there who is like you know oh i'm gender critical or whatever take a fucking take a long hard guess about who they're coming after next if they do away yep. with trans rights in this country think real fucking hard yep. about that this is how it was in the soviet union over there, the, whatever the, the government said, whatever lies it had to tell in the name of ideology, whatever language it used to mask its lies and sell its lies, people had to agree with it or they would go to prison. Ultimately, though, this can't last. Mm. The Soviet Union... Who's going to prison over here for... If you didn't agree with the government, you went to prison. Have you ever read right. about the Soviet Union? Literally anything they said, if you said the opposite, you went to prison, Josh. These people want women to, who get abortions to be jailed. So, you know, yeah. sing me a fucking yeah. sad song about, about how bad Pravda was. You know, like, this is now. Finally collapsed because reality is real. It's not just a linguistic construct or any other kind of construct, but there can be a lot of ruin in a nation before reality reasserts itself. And I'm afraid we're going to live through that. This motherfucker moved to Hungary. Yeah, exactly. This is like, you don't even go here anymore. Not only, did he move to Hungary, <laughs> not only did he move to Hungary, but he left his wife and children back to, in this country to suffer the effects of wokeism. Yeah, if the revelation, Book of Revelations is about to happen because of wokeism, uh, shouldn't he have put them in the escape pod also? And that honestly leads me right into my next question is even in the conservative and Christian realm, there seems to be a lot of people who have adopted, adopted that sort of rationale, mm -hmm. who are sort of abandoning reason and logic and, and adopting more progressive thought. Now, what can we do as conservatives and Christians who are against that to mm -hmm. sort of speak to those people and start a conversation? Well, I think a lot of Christians are, wokeness, are doing it for the best of reasons. They want to be compassionate. And there's nothing wrong with being compassionate. Oh, there's, nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong right with it. There's nothing wrong with it. thing to do as Christians. And they want to at least not make the struggles of people who are dealing with transgenderism, with uh, same-sex attraction, whatever. They mm. don't want to make their lives harder. These are things I admire. On the other hand, we cannot <laughs> On say the other hand. something we believe is untrue. <laughs> 
is true. And I, I think if you go back and look at the experiences of the persecuted church, whether it's the persecuted church of the past in the communist countries or the persecuted church today. Give me too many and, good uh, ideas. Shut East, up, bitch. Shut up, bitch. The world, they will tell you that. So on, so on one hand, we have compassion. And on the other hand, we have truth. And so, you know, if you can only choose one, you know, you must choose truth, obviously. Here's a, here's a, and like, let me translate for you, the listener, what, what you're seeing here with this idea that like, oh, uh, like the, 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 there's this like objective truth and that like, you know, compassion is getting in the way of that. What Broad means about like reality, that there's only reality and reality can't be changed. But like reality is not so much like, oh, like does gravity exist? There are social realities that are created by people that are the process of negotiation and power and like the culture that surrounds the, the, you know, the culture that you live in. Rod, like, you know, those with power have not longer on Rod's side because now the reality in our society is that two men can be married and start a family together, vice versa for two women, that gay relationships are real. That like you, you can be a man married to a man and start a family and live a normal, fulfilled life that is like thoroughly within the mainstream of American culture. Rod is like, that's a lie. And, and like, like the attempts to force society into thinking that that's real are, are like are very dangerous. What he's really talking about here is that if like if reality, if social reality has changed to the point where now the vast majority of people accept gay relationships as real, then that means Rod has wasted his whole fucking life. Make of that what you will. Yeah, like if if his reality, his you know who's who's dreamcasting what social reality should be here, and and because it's so out of step, like what informs our social reality is what uh, people who agree to live in a society uh, agree on, and so the social reality he's trying to construct is totally out of step. Things are very very different from bourgeois, middle-class American morality. I was just in Europe and met a Christian from Egypt. You know, the Coptic Christians over there have been persecuted for 1,200 years. Mm -hmm. And he told me that he actually feels sorry for us Americans because he said, as we know from, our, from, our, from the Bible, from our faith, that it's more dangerous to lose your soul than your body. You know, and he feels that American no. Christians are... No, <laughs> no. You know who? You know what? You can't actually say that because no one can talk to the people who lost their body. Like you can't ask them. Yeah, you can't exactly. ask them what they prefer. Are <laughs> losing our soul because we're so afraid of the world. We want so badly to be thought of by, well by the world. Who's but, really afraid you know, we, of the we world? Fear the world more than we fear God. And I, I think that if we recognize that to be a Christian is always to be out of step with the world, what, of whatever world you find yourself in and whatever era you find yourself in, we have to do that. Okay, okay, pause, pause, pause. Uh, I, like, he, Rod talks about this a lot. And like, it, it's, it's the core of his book, The Benedict Option. His idea that like um, traditional Christianity, as you know, he admits is, is out of step with the society that, uh, it, that it finds itself in, i.e. the West and America. Um, but like, and this idea that Christians are always going to be this like besieged minority and that they need to kind of make peace with that and that like they draw strength in their faith from being like, you know, fed to the lions or whatever. But it, it would be it would be all well and good if he stopped there. But like, no, like he, he is asking now, like, like he, they, they want to use the power of the state to compel people to to live according to the moral beliefs that he subscribes to. 
It is not just about like, oh, we're just a persecuted minority that like everyone thinks are weird or whatever. We'll be fine in here on our own. No, he's demanding that like the laws that like that, that the culture that exists in America today be violently changed through through the force of law and minority rule to compel people to join uh, or at least live under the dictates of the club that he has assigned himself to. And uh, there's a great book that I read recently by a Protestant pastor named Vadi Bokum, um, African-American evangelical pastor who talks about wokeness as being uh, anti-Christian. Good brothers and sisters in Christ like him, we have to listen to them because they are seeing things that the rest of us... So you're saying Jesus would have dead-named Caitlyn Jenner, I guess. Is that what you're <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either can't see or are too afraid to talk about. Last point, there was a Christian academic named Rene Girard who taught at Stanford. Mm -hmm. He was one of the great intellectuals of the 20th century. Uh, he died a few years ago. Girard said that in the end of days, that when the Antichrist comes, he will be like a false Christ. He will try to be more compassionate and more just than even Jesus Christ was. Mm -hmm. Girard said before he died that he could see in what we now call wokeness, the word didn't exist then, he <laughs> sees perhaps the um, presentiment of the Antichrist because the woke mm. are trying to be more just and compassionate than even Jesus. I think we should point. give Rod credit here because like, what he describes as wokeness does indeed present an existential threat to his worldview and like his identity. And I say <laughs> yes. more, please, and faster. <laughs> wow. You know, my goodness. Wow. 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 When Jesus when Jesus was crucified, the last thing he yelled was his pronouns. That's, That's right. right. Stories and things that you must have heard through, through these interviews have, must have altered you in some way, even though you're very ground not not enough. <laughs> in these, these thoughts and these beliefs. How have you changed through the work that you've been doing for this book? You know, I'm so glad you asked that because I live a pretty comfortable life. I'm like a hobbit. You know, I like to sit at home and drink my tea. And oh, what? God. He doesn't even know what a hobbit is. People read my books. But in talking to the people in the former Soviet bloc about what they went through, especially those who went to prison, and I realized how important suffering was for our faith. I uh, talked to a Baptist pastor, an elderly Baptist pastor in Why Moscow. Why don't you try doing some then? Oh, he is. I mean, yeah, no, he, he, he is. is, he, is yeah, he is living his faith. I'm, he's I'm, suffering I'm mightily. Yeah, that. I'm yeah. certain of that. Yeah, I think these are. This is not yet. He lives by in the eyes and said, "You go home and you tell the American church that your faith means nothing if you're not prepared to suffer for it." On that same trip to Moscow, I talked to a man who had spent years in prison, a Russian Orthodox man, for evangelizing, and his face is partially paralyzed from the beatings he took. He actually told me that he had uh, visions in prison where God sent angels to, to bolster him and tell him that your suffering wow. is not in vain, that people are being... It, it's just... It, I hate this reasoning. It's like it's like when I was 11, you know? I, I told my mom I met a guy who was on the Baton Death March, and it was just like when she made me eat broccoli. It's like, yeah, yeah. You, you Dear American Conservative Forum, I never thought it would happen to me. I also love the idea of like he's he's meeting 
he's meeting with someone who's who's like half his face is paralyzed because he's been beaten so much and is like, well, wait, wait till I tell you um, what's really going on in American schools. Um, they're trying to say Rosa Parks uh, didn't sit uh, in the in the back of the bus or did sit in the back of the bus. <laughs> yeah, and will be saved for all eternity because of the things you've been you've been willing to suffer. Now, this is radical f- stuff for us Americans. The church today, whether it's Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox, whatever, we are so accustomed to thinking that the faith is all about feeling good about ourselves mm-hmm. and feeling comfortable. Here we have these believers saying, that's not it. If you think that's what the faith is, you're gonna collapse when the secret police come to take you away. This was made so uh, <laughs> impressed in me by these people. And again, See, Rod, Rod would like Rod, this. Is what I, this is what I mean. This is what I mean about like like you're getting a good a, a good sort of keyhole glimpse into the Rod Dreher oeuvre because like the way he talks about these supposedly nightmare scenarios, just like with Dennis Prager, the, none of these guys can contain their essential glee and joy that they get out of imagining a scenario in which two rough, sort of slightly sadistic men with mustaches come into his bedroom in the middle of the night and drag him, black bag him, and throw him in the back of a fucking van. When he's just in his nightclothes. Yeah. I mean, it's like how it's like how evangelicals like talk about the end of the world. You know, like if you're a true, right. true blue evangelical and the world ends uh, after, or, you know, you don't get to see the apocalypse when you die, you have to be pretty Bummer. disappointed. And yeah, like, you wanted to see unbelievers in lakes of fire. And like, I, I, I go back to like um, an interview with um, Vincent Bevins, author of the Jakarta Method that we had on our show. And something he said to me that always stuck with me is that if the Nazis had won World War II, there wouldn't be like a Holocaust memorial in Berlin. There would be a memorial to the victims of Judeo-Bolshevism. And like all these people, like everything that they're that mm. they that they think is or that they'd like to like advertise is happening to them. Secret police carting Christians off to like gulags in the middle of the night is just wish casting what they are going to do to everyone else if we don't fucking stop them. Cause like I don't know if you checked yeah. the fucking news lately. It's not people like Rod uh having the the full force of the state come down on them for living their life. It's uh, it's women seeking to uh, obtain uh, reproductive health care. It's fucking trans people. It's gay people. It is like the go down the list of who is being at the tar- made the target of our state's uh, fucking carceral apparatus and secret police forces. They're literally like Texas is offering bounties to people who will turn in women seeking abortions. So fucking like uh, I, I know I'm getting too tilted here, but Rod and everyone like him really makes me fucking sick. Well, you're you're. Uh... I mean, I agree with Jonathan Chait. You're a little bit much. <laughs> I've, of, I've often said that. Because of his faith, it, it can't help but get into your heart. Wow. Wow. So that's a lesson wow. everybody listening wow. right now. Sort of put yourself wow. out of the scope of your own life and try to learn about others and how they practice faith and just simply how they live. And you'll have this deep appreciation for the freedom that you get to have here in America and for your faith itself. Rod, thank no, you no, so no. much. Then you, then you might... You might accidentally develop compassion if you actually, you know, like walk a mile I, I, in someone's shoes. I will give I will give Rod this though. He's absolutely right that like uh, Christianity as a project that demands self sacrifice and humility is a fucking no sell in America. And if Christianity involves uh, like any suffering on the behalf of its believers, it has absolutely no shot in America, and nor will ever. Uh, if you have to forgo any treats uh, to make your Christianity real, then Christianity is beyond dead in America. For being on the show. 
It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I should say before we go, I dedicated this book to the memory of a Catholic priest named Father Tomislav Kolakovich. Mm-hmm. Father Kolakovich was a Croatian yeah. Jesuit who was doing work against the Nazis in 1943. He heard they were coming for him. He escaped to Slovakia and uh, told the people there, the Christians there, I that hope he sees the good this, news bro. is the Germans are going to lose. The bad news is the uh, Soviets are going to be ruling this country when it's over, and the first thing they're going to do is persecute the church. He began to prepare the church for this persecution. Mm. His own bishops told him, Father, stop scaring people. It will never happen here. But he knew better. Sure enough, everything he predicted happened, but because Father Kolakovich saw what was coming and found people, Christians, who were willing to lay the groundwork for the resistance, the underground church in that country survived for 40 years of communist oppression. We are in a Kolakovich moment here in America now, and we Christians and all our allies had better get ready for it. You're absolutely right. And that's something we try to focus in on the show is just, I know it sounds scary. It sounds like we are just being alarmist, but these things can happen and they do happen. They've happened historically over and over. And to think that they won't happen here is is just not rational. So that's a, a very valid warning. Uh, Rod, how can people support you and this? <laughs> they can. I love, I love how we said okay, that. Here's the support, like, Rod. Don't send the articles he's writing for the American conservative to the one guy who pays his salary. Oh yeah, here's how you can support him. You can you can be the next weird rich guy to uh, support his his job. Uh, I can think of a better way to support Rod that's more loving and compassionate, but um, it's going to require a very a very handsome and very self sacrificing gay man. Um, yeah, just just it, it's the part it's the part where somehow he, they they can never they can never actually you know the Soviet you know it's, they can never find that state that was run entirely by aggrieved minorities that uh you know to the best of my knowledge joseph stalin was not neither trans nor he was georgian he was georgian he was georgian okay all right (laughs) i take it back you know i also Um, love that last that last thing he was saying about about the the priest you know like the basic premise was yeah he was fighting the nazis and the nazis were bad but what was coming after was way worse and it's like, okay, so like, um, is Nazism so bad to you? Um, yeah. Or, it's the second well, worst. Well, I mean, like, yeah. Rod, Rod constantly invokes, like, Weimar Germany to talk about contemporary America. And, like, it's very clear from him that he's just like, oh, like, the, the Nazis had no choice because there was too much, like, gender going on in Berlin of the 1930s. Uh-huh. And he's saying like Weim- Weimar to. was bad. He's saying it's like uh, like Weimar was e- Weimar Germany was evil because it like you know not because they failed to confront like the the looming specter of fascism. It's that they like because uh, people it, were doing drag shows. Well, they were saying like the Nazis like they they had to put a stop to the drag shows. So it was sort of like understandable to Rod. Like yeah, but it all comes out in the wash basically. Jesus. Well, that that is Rod Dreher, folks. Um, Thank you. Thank you for the crash course, uh, Will and Kath. <laughs> and I'd say you're welcome. But, I mean, he is an instructor at Prager yeah. University. That's that's the important thing to take away here. So uh, the job he does have. Uh, well, uh, thanks thanks for coming on, guys. That was uh, you, you seem to have survived it relatively well, unscathed. Um, there is a video I, I should just send you the link on uh, how you're better off not having sex before you're married. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to pry, but I, I'm hoping I can get it to you in time. Oh, that ship uh, has sailed. What? <laughs> no, just <But> really, kidding. <laughs> I mean, not with each she, other. She's unhappy but... about it, Dave. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my God. Uh, well, seriously, thank you. Thank you for coming along on this insane journey with us. Um, uh, we only have 20. There's no one I'd rather uh, uh, suffer with. You know, we got to watch the West Wing together. Now we're doing this. Yeah, I can this, only, yeah, this I can only imagine what your, what your next venture would be. This was. I, I have no idea. We need to start thinking about what's next. We need to. We need to survive this. But um, yeah, seriously. Uh, anyway, where can where can people hear you? Find you? Obviously, Chapo Trap House. You're both on the Twits, right? Uh, Will you're at Will Menneker. What? I'm at Kath Krieger. Kath underscore Krieger. And would love it if people subscribed to Discourse Blog. There you go. And which you can find a link to on her Twitter page in the profile. Yes, um, you can. Great guys. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks. And that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Audit. And if you're very good children and eat all your vegetables, we might even tell you about the trip we took to the studios of PragerU. Considering how much work they do to ensure that no one knows where that is, they were very surprised to see us. Good morning, class. Good morning, Professor Gender Neutral Today, we're learning all about socialism, deviant sex, and devil worship. Yay! And how cool it is. Hail Satan, but I want to learn about Jesus. Oh, Timmy, science fiction is next week. If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. Good news, class. Bill Gates is here to give everyone free vaccine. Yay! Science is a commie plot. Our professors can't be bought. All textbooks are Soros free at Prager University. My pronouns are he and him. No more guilt, no more blame, no more hetero white male shame, no apes on your family tree at Prager University. We want to thank our incredible support team, uh, Brian Ciano, our free floating agent of chaos, AKA research guy. And also Colin McCoy, who does all of our music. You can also find him. He out there in music world. He is known as diesel boots.